It's a new year, and that means new opportunities to make connections. But when it comes to dating, it can be tough to put yourself out there and know where to start. And that's why we are excited to talk about Hinge, the dating app designed to be deleted. It's not the time to rack up validation points. It's about meeting people, making connections, and trying to get off the apps. And Hinge is helping people do that better than ever in 2024. Hinge is the perfect dating app to use in the new year because it really allows you to go beyond the surface, express your personality, and meet people who are on the same page as you. And at the beginning of the year is the best time to refresh your profile on Hinge, whether that's updating your photos or your dating goals, and maybe just change up the prompts. I feel like that's the most fun part about Hinge is seeing what people have to say or maybe what they're looking forward to or something they want to learn this year. Um, that way you can start a really fun conversation. Manifest the dating experience you want this year. Download Hinge and find someone worth deleting the app for. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a new and exciting episode of the Val Files Going Deeper Edition. I'm your host, Nick, joined by the household. We got my love, Natalie Joy. How are you? Period. I'm stunning. Uh, Justin's in the house. We got Allie coming from St. Paul, Minnesota. And Kiki. And Kiki. Oh, Kiki. How's Kiki? And then we all the uh, we have the rest of the troops cranking away, Cranky. elves, the minions, the elves. What should we call? And it, so, like, what should we call like the household? That's not maybe not minions. In yeah, studio? minions seems a bit. Meh. Elves seems yeah, that's not good. a bit like out of season. There's bo- no bad idea in brainstorming. I'm just like that's why I'm, I'm, we're we're uh, we're thinking about this. You know, right, we could we could circle back. You know. Well, anytime I talk to Derek about it, I'm like, oh, I just texted the kiddos. I was like, I sent this over to the kiddos. Yeah, that's a little condescending, too. I don't know if it's any better than the elves. <laughs> I thought it was cute. You mean the minions? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll work on it. If anyone has any suggestions. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's like the... Um, Fire away. It's like the beehive for Beyonce. Yes, yes. We don't want to steal anything from Beyonce, so... But like... Like yeah. the beehive. Like, like the beehive. I'm not saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we got some really exciting news. We got the one and only Katie Maloney and Data Kathan with us to, well, first talk about obviously the upcoming season of Vanderpump. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, tell some of their, uh, you know, fun and interesting stories. And honestly, the reason they really are here is to announce and promote their new show, their new podcast, Disrespectfully, that is premiering under our network. That's right, NV Media. It's the first of its kind. File Files, obviously, being the flagship, but it's something that, uh, as a as a show, I've been wanting to do for a long time. And honestly, you know, I wanted to do it right. I wanted to take my time. We like, you know, doing things. I guess right here. You know, we're not. You know, we're we don't like doing things wrong. We don't like doing things wrong. But we, you know, we've made our mistakes in the past, sure. But uh, it was a long time coming with. Uh, Dana and Katie, and I couldn't be more excited to have them be a part of our team here at NV Media in the Vile Files household. I mean, they really are a part of the household, you know. Or the Beehive, or like the Beehive, or like the Beehive. Yeah. So, so it's so exciting. I can't wait to uh, you guys to hear this episode. Uh, new episodes. Their their show will be premiering on January 10th on Wednesday. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you'll be able to watch it on YouTube, just like you, just like you consume our show you'll be able to consume theirs. And I hope you check it out. 
but it's uh, it's gonna be great. I mean, if you, I don't want should we? Uh, you know what? We'll let you listen to the episode. We have so much other stuff to get into. I cannot wait for the week ahead next week. Again, Crazy. Rem- reminder that we have a special going deeper episode dropping on Monday. I don't think anyone's prepared. I don't think anyone's I don't, prepared. Yeah, I don't think anyone's prepared. I mean, we we've never moved an ass, Nick, just for like anyone for anyone, but we're doing it for this. These people. Oh, little tease. Little tease. Little tease. Okay. We're so excited, and honestly, the we, that that we're, we're not we're like when we kick off next week. That's us just getting started. Yeah, yeah, like it it just like continues. Oh my it god, it continues it's... to just go and go. Like there's no like drop off. It's just like oh my god, oh oh my, my, oh, my, oh, oh it's. Anyways, uh, pay attention on somewhere sometime on Friday. We will share sometime tomorrow. We will share this exciting news with you. Hopefully it all works out. <laughs> fingers crossed. Oh, fingers crossed. Anyways, it's going to be grand. I'm excited to, we have so many exciting things here at the Vile Files to be sharing with you. We had our best year ever last year, and this year is going to be even better. It's going to be incredible. We, this is, it, it's uh, next week will also be our five-year anniversary at the Vile Files. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. And uh, last year, of the total downloads we've ever had as a show, we did 60% of our downloads all last year. Oh, shoot. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Out of, like, the five years that it's existed. Of the five years of its existence. And we're going, well, well are we, am I going to my fifth year? This is our fifth year anniversary. So we've had four years? I feel like or it was. Or we had five years? Started heard... in 19. So 19, 20, 21. Four years. 22, 23. We've had five years. All of 23, all of 19, all of 20, <laughs> all of 21, all of 22, and all of 23. This is I didn't brutal. study math. So we're going into our sixth year. We're podcasters, not math people. <laughs> Keep your day job. Um, so in our fifth year of existence, we did, we had 60% of our total downloads in the history of the show. That's a lot. No, in your fourth year. No, Allie, we're going into our sixth year. I graduated high school in 2019. So and I just graduated college, so that means it's almost exactly, it's right over Five four years. years. You're in college we, for four years. We started two thousand. But we I graduated started January of two thousand nineteen. <laughs> yeah, we're not going into our sixth year. We're going into our fifth year. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we started. We premiered the Vile Files in January of nineteen. So we recorded all of January nineteen. That's so one right. year. We're going into our fifth year. We recorded all of January twenty twenty. That's mm-hmm. two years. We recorded all of 2021. <laughs> that's three years. We recorded all of 22. That's four years. We recorded all of 23. That's five years. It's now 2024. So we're starting our sixth year. I think you added a number. How? <laughs> because it's like it's 2019 into 2020, 2020 into 2021, 21 into this? 22, 22 and 23, 23 into 24. So that's five years. So we're entering our fifth year. No. Allie. <laughs> You're the smartest person in this room. I'm not even in the room. <laughs> yes, you are. But if we if we recorded all of January 19, uh, if if all right, we we started in <laughs> January of 19. All right, and if I would have ended the show in that December, we would have recorded for a year, and then so we recorded all of year 2020. That was our second year of existence, and then we didn't shut it down. We kept going. <laughs> And in 2021, we Did recorded a whole nother year of episodes. And then yeah, in like, 2022. I think your point is by this time next year, we'll be coming up on oh, six. six. Yeah, we're going into our yeah. sixth year. 
I think you're right. Well, <laughs> I, rest I, I rest my case. I rest my case. Anyway, um, yeah. So in our, uh, fifth, we should just have Derek like really just speed all that up. In our fifth year of existence, we did sixty percent of our total downloads. This has been the best year ever. And in 2022, we were also named one of the fastest growing podcasts in 2022. And yet, 2023 is even a bigger, bigger year. So this is all to say. Thank you, everyone, for supporting our show. And it's been fun to continue to grow. We're only getting bigger and better than ever before. We're going to break major records this year. Uh, it's going to be amazing. We're going to have the best month this month, and it's only going to get better. And I'm so excited to be sharing with you. And we're so excited to having Katie and Dana join our team. It's going to be incredible. And I'm glad you stuck with us that during that whole like math session that we they didn't. had. Yeah, you're still here, by the way. <laughs> We're talking crickets. <laughs> like, what the fuck are these people doing? Um, okay, so did anyone watch Salt Lake City oh this week? Oh, my God. Incredible. I Wait. watched it twice. Allie, did you watch it? I have it's never okay. seen an episode of The Housewives. All right. Oh, this oh. is the episode you need to okay. watch. This is... Here you go. <gasps> did you make this? Justin did. Me and Allison. Of oh course. Oh, my God. What was this, by the way? What, like, what was... I so, don't... earlier in the season, they did, like, a Pilgrim episode. And each uh, housewife made like a doll of themselves, which is like a Utah. Mormon is this supposed thing. to be me or you? You, okay. obviously, because look at, like the orange look the... and the black hair and the beard that I don't have. And the okay, <laughs> yeah, the spinning image. Honestly, I'm sorry I didn't. You know. Yeah. Mister, take the initiative. Like... <laughs> so now, with you having that, you have to. What is the question? The unsolved we mystery. Need, we have to know an unsolved mystery about you. Yeah. An unsolved because mystery. We're at about the Bermuda me. Triangle. That's tough because I'm like I'm here all the time and it's just such opening an open up my book. heart. Mm. Okay, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> What's an unsolved secret about you? <gasps> he yeah. asked me. He asked me this question at the dinner, and I don't. We have to get to know Justin more. I still don't know the answer to that. I've been here for f how many episodes? Six hundred and eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. Thank you, Ellie. Mm. Wait, that's not fair. You're flipping it on me. <laughs> that's your doll. Uh, what's an unsolved mystery about me? What are, what are, or what's something you've never said publicly? Oh yeah, well I'm ready now. <laughs> well, you have the doll, <laughs> so you don't really have a choice. If I haven't said it yet, chances are. Uh, anyways, last he night. is going to love Jeff more than our daughter. That's not true. Okay, yeah. what were you going to say? Them last all the night? same. What What happened last night? The Housewives episode. Yep. True. I was, it was some, a lot of, a lot of takes. Like some would argue that uh, Monica had the single most impactful single season in reality TV history and certainly agree. Housewives history. Hard to argue against that. Yeah. I would agree. Did she you really see did. this coming? No. Because we I, were kind of all wrong. We thought this was had everything to do with like Heather and her salon. Well, didn't. Who was it when Rachel Lindsay was on yeah. and we were like, sh I feel like something came up about like reality Von Teese, but we were all just kind of like, okay, whatever. I didn't even know what real who who or what reality Von Teese Does the account was. still exist? Because I tried to look it up. And... I don't think it does, but I will say Monica was posting pictures of her with like burned newspaper, like New York Times. And it was like, Reality Vontese, and it was pictures of her. I saw that. So she's like mocking. I don't think it exists, but I will say, like, as someone who watched every episode of that whole show, her being revealed as Reality Vontese was like the ball drop. <gasps> oh. Because they've mentioned this account throughout like every season. And like every housewife at some point has accused the other housewife of being a part of it. 
So that's why, like, when mm. Heather brought them to the beach and she was like, she's reality Von Teese, they were like, they were shook. Right. Because right. they've all, like, accused each other and attacked each other. The, why had they been accusing each other of this? Because Monica, granted, we don't know her extent of how involved she was with the account, but the secrets that were posted on the account were, like, personal secrets that only the girls knew. So that's why, like, Heather... Yeah, but, like, like, everyone talks and everyone tells someone. True, and, and Salt Lake City is small. Salt Lake City is small, and, like, someone could have told someone who told someone. I mean, like, I feel like this episode, I, I honestly hope it's a potential referendum on anonymous fan accounts. I think for this show specifically. Mm-hmm. Because even the prior season, like this last season, there was another housewife, or she was a friend of the show, Angie H. So not Angie K, but Angie H. She left the show because she was getting bullied for having a fake account. So she got caught. And then people were accusing her of potentially being a part of this new account as well. Wow. So she was guilty. She was guilty of one of the accounts. That was talking shit about them. Do you think talk- there's anyone in Bachelor Nation who's running one of these like fan accounts? Well, now it makes that, you like, wonder, right? I, I mean, it would, wouldn't be that hard. It's so easy to, to set believe. one up. Yeah. But like, I mean, these are, these are online bullies. Like all of them. And if you, that's the thing. If, if you're going to be an anonymous account, you're a bully. Whether you intend to be a bully or not, you're a bully. At least have the guts to put your name behind what mm-hmm. you say and what you put out so that if people disagree with what you have to say, they can at least hold you accountable. But the fact that people can have the ability to hide behind the anonymity and spill dirty little secrets that may or may not be true by, uh, about other people and then hold these people emotionally hostage, even if it's true. Like, what gives people the right to tell other people's secrets, right? And, and, and it's also not all, always true. And then these people lose sight of account. There's no one holding them accountable. They get rewarded by the clicks and the attention that their accounts draw. And they get fans just like everyone else. And they lose sight of, like, reason. And, and they, you know, start spewing their own beliefs and own opinions, of which, again, everyone as a, as a fan is entitled to do. But when you have this anonymity, um, you put yourself at risk of just being a bully because you can't be held account. You know, you can do what you can do and say whatever you want about whoever and be this kind of righteous voice uh, without anyone being able to hold you to account. And yeah, I had so much empathy for these ladies while watching this because I know what it's like to, you know to be a target of some of these, you know, fan accounts that are anonymous in nature, who have built up a small little following, who decide to, you know, share, you know, like, I have no problem with people saying, you know, I said this about the people who go on these shows, like, as I have chosen to be in the public light, that is a choice I have made. I am on a show, I give my very honest opinion about my peers sometimes that people agree and disagree with. And when they disagree with me, I have no problem with people making commentary and comments and saying whatever the hell, right? But like when it's behind anonymity, you know, and you can say or do whatever you want and you can make up stuff and rumors and spread lies, um, that is a whole different side of things. It's a whole different situation. And it is very triggering. I, I, I like for these women to like have been attacked by these people. And clearly with Monica, like, I, I honestly think, like, a lot of these accounts I'm referring to, I, I do think they're well-intentioned for the most part. I don't even think they are trying and realize how they can be bullies at times. 
but they kind of make up their own rules of what they think they should post or what they shouldn't post, et cetera, et cetera. But like Monica, man, she was, it sounds like this account was out for blood. And I mean, it, it was created to take Jen Shaw down. Yeah. So like before Jen went to prison, she was leaking like private recordings of Jen talking, which were then used. Well, could have been evidence in court. It was like her abusing her staff or something, right? Yeah. It was like her saying, mm-hmm. "Well, Monica, Monica was a witness, like against Jen Shaw, but Jen technically never went to like a physical trial, so she never had to like speak." Mono- Monica is a morally bankrupted person, but she's a good TV. She's a great TV. Do we think? she was planted by producers. Do we think they knew that she was question. reality Vontese and they said this will be an insane season because she, who else? She was what, Jin Shaw's like assistant, right? She's yeah. poor. She doesn't have money. She's not like your your typical housewife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was a big red flag before we got to the big reveal of like Monica being like, if these women knew like I couldn't afford X, Y, or Z. And to me, that was such a big red flag. She just comes across as someone who is trying to be something she's not. And she is justifying all her lies because like, oh, I can't afford, you know, like it's, it's such a fraud. And at first it probably, maybe, maybe it was innocent, you know, just trying to fit in. But for the sake of fitting in, she has clearly been lying through her teeth for a long time. And she doesn't know where the lies stop and the truth begins. I don't think they knew about the troll account, but I think they knew that because she was a witness in Jen Shaw's case, they were like, that's probably what they wanted to capitalize on. And then this came up and they were like, OT, that's that's the drama. Really? Yeah. Because that only happened in the very last episode. So I think if they knew that this drama was going to come out, they would have planned it so that they could talk about it more throughout the season, if that makes sense. Yeah. You don't think they would have put it at the end to get everyone excited what, for season five? Are you, like, wait, are you, so who, are you talking about producers? Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like they would have used this a little bit earlier on. But it's like Monica made the season. It's like, we didn't need it. Like, she, sure. you know, like yeah. she was so dramatic enough. She started enough fights. She And it's all about timing. Yeah. If they would have revealed this like in episode two, it loses steam. Maybe. I think what makes it, yeah, what makes it so worse is that she sat with these women. She did, you know, like she spent, like Meredith said, three months, obviously like filming this season and like listen to them vent and like be there for them and and to then find out like she's could potentially use everything that they have said to her and confided in her and it be yeah, posted. It's so icky. You know, I mean, like when you let someone into your personal space and they violate that by like thinking they're there to be a friend or, you know, or just listen to you or whatever it is. And they take that information and they go and share it, you know, behind your back. Like it's such a violation. Even if, even if it's well-intentioned, you know, when you think that, like, and it's not about, like, keeping, like, dirty little secrets. It's just about, like, you know, you let someone into your home, your personal space, and maybe, you know, you want to be your truest self around them, you know? And you just want to maybe act in a way that, like, you just don't want everyone to give commentary on. I don't, I don't even know what it is. Yeah. But for someone to come in there and pretend to be a friend when all they're really doing is documenting, you know, what you say or what you do and then sharing that for clout or clicks or gossip, it is such an icky feeling. And I got no patience for all the people out there who are trying to defend Monica 
over the fact that like because of what Jen Shaw did. They're completely separate things. You can criticize Jen Shaw and hold her accountable and still think Monica is a shitty fucking person. But this idea that they're like, oh, well, they're just like defending Jen Shaw and Monica's just trying to expose Jen Shaw and blah, 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 blah. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, clearly, she didn't tell these people who she was. Yeah. And who's the one who was laughing? Who, who's, is it Angie? Also Angie. kind of- So Angie. I think, yeah. but I think that's a big, also like bombshell that she drops because she says like, all of you guys have been involved in some way. I, and a, she has secret, like she was posting secrets. So like they all I don't, possibly uh, fed information. Listen, it, it's not a good look. No. It's not great. I'll, I'll give you that. As someone who knows what it's like to deal with these types of fan accounts and bullies and, and, and things like that. I think, you know, you know, when people say like, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. I think you could argue very easily the psychology behind why these women chose to like get on this account's good side and laugh on their jokes. Cause it's like, as long as they're not going after me. And again, you could criticize, for example, Angie of like not being in solidarity with these other women and things like that. I'm not, I'm not letting her off the hook or anyone else who participated in that type of like validating criticism towards other people and things like that. But I get the psychology because I do truly believe that all of these women lived in fear of this account. Of tr what, like, if you wake up, what are they going to fucking say? What, you know, what do they say about me? What lies are they going to put out there? What am I going to have to deal with? How am I going to have to address that? We live in the world where, like, we are living online. And, and, and the fact that all these social media accounts allow people to have these massive fucking platforms without putting out who they are and not having no accountability whatsoever is fucking nuts to me. It's absolutely nuts. I think it's also like I loved how first of all the editing of this entire episode. Ali, you need was, to just watch it and channel. It was, was so insane. She was like it was just like the thunder and like the like it was just it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's great for inspo. It is great for inspo. But the fact that like Heather called the the three of them, the four of them to meet down at the beach and to be like, listen, like we've all been through this. This is how I want to this is how I want it to play out. This is how I'm going to confront her. But then they all sit down at the dinner and they all play along with the game. Like Whitney gets mad at Lisa and like they all kind of like. And then Meredith goes after Heather. Yeah. And it's kind of, honestly ruined the drama a little bit for me. No, I think it did good because you're like, oh, they're like, this is like a boring fight. And then it's actually JK. We're like planning. This or like, whole... yeah, they let like Monica think like, oh, it's not that bad. This is. Yeah. Whatever. But then for, for Meredith, for then for them to be like, all right, Heather, it's your turn. She's like, I have Meredith. But honestly, I have nothing. I have to ask Meredith. But Monica. <laughs> and it was like, oh, I shit. I was jaw dropped. Jaw dropped. Was, like physically jaw dropped. It was just. And again, as someone who has operated in the reality TV space, just the ickiness of what that would feel like. And again, like. Anyone and then the, the first, I saw comments of just like, oh, these people care more about like this fake account than like Jen, what Jen Shaw did to the elderly people. Like, no, that's not what they're doing. They were personally affected and bullied by these women. Of course, they're going to have a visceral reaction to like realizing someone they thought was a friend was actually one of their biggest enemies. And she's like, Heather, that is not true. That is. And then they're like, well, then tell us what's true. And she goes. It's partially true. <laughs> it's like, yeah. so you, first of all, you didn't like immediately come clean. We have no way. And then she starts saying like, she wasn't the only one involved. And she, the only, of course, 
the only stuff she posted about was Jen Shaw, of course. Because that was her only, you know, like she would never admit to saying anything about any of the other women. Yeah. I think she's going to admit now. I think she's leaning in. I think she's got, do you, th- do you really think she's going to be back next year? I'm not going to lie. I sent that text before watching the finale and then I watched the finale twice back to back. So I don't think she's coming back, but I think she's yeah, like, she's a clean slate for the show because like she was involved indirectly with like four years of drama, four seasons. I mean, I'm, I am really curious to see how the reunion goes. I think she's going to come out guns a fucking blazing. Yeah. She has a burn book. If you watch like the teaser for the reunion, she has a oh, physical burn book with like pictures. So I think but, she's like, going to try to call everybody out. Can we believe anything she says? I think she has nothing to lose now. So, yeah. Well, she's. It's not like it's not like Monica, Monica might be done with this with Housewives and certainly Salt Lake, but she's not done trying to be relevant. No. Yeah. True. No. It's also like I do think she could. She'll probably be signed by iHeart. She. Yeah. <laughs> Truly, she'll podcast. start a podcast. <laughs> Coming yeah. soon. Reality. Reality. Yeah. Reality. Vontis. No, but she like I, she couldn't even keep up with all of her lies. Like Nick said, it's like when Meredith brought up, she went into her store with the blonde wig and stole a clutch. Or I know she tried to say it wasn't me who stole a clutch. But then fast forward to Monica being in there being like, oh, this is my first time in your store. So that's the wild part is that was from season two. So she's been in, like indirectly involved in every season of the drama because it's a fairly new show, but somehow became a housewife on this fourth season. So yeah, like, it is weird how she became a housewife. Like the fact that producers, kind of to Natalie's point, mm-hmm. it, it like it's definitely possible yeah. they knew the whole time. Maybe like because why? Why would they like why cast Monica? She doesn't have the like housewives' credentials, so to speak. She's like a fucking assistant. She's poor. She's not privileged. I mean, yeah, she's messy, but this isn't a show about like just messy people. It's about rich, out of touch, messy people. Yeah. And she's not. So why did they pick her? Yeah. The clutch part was wild. That she was in the security cam footage. Because that's like from the boondocks of like history of the show. Like her mask on, her blonde, wi- blonde wig. You know, it's, it's a, one of those tragic stories. Because, you know, maybe somewhere along the lines, Monica wasn't a morally bankrupted person. And I think, you know, she, you know, it's really easy to, to live a lie. It's e- very easy to, you know, justify, well, I'm just I'm trying to fit in and like, I'm not doing anything wrong, but you get so, you, you start getting away with it. And then the lies build up and the lies stack. And listen, we, we've all been there. We've all, again, we've, we've been in situations where we got caught up in lies or whatever. Usually that's when we're younger and, you know, early adult life. And maybe we've had to learn a couple hard lessons. But uh, the fact that Monica is recently removed from her infidelity, how she addressed her infidelity. She only pretended to be contrite about it and then usually, again, would follow it up with laughs. Because it's not drama. even like they used that infidelity as like a storyline. Mm-hmm. There was no like follow-up. There was no backstory. There was, it was just like, this is what I did and like <laughs> whatever. What and so it's like, I feel like if that were her only crime, then they would have focused on it more. So they knew. So I feel yeah. like they knew. And it's, it's a very fair question. Because the, the, the fucking, she said the hairstylist, Heather's hairstylist is the one who, Tanisha or something, Tanisha, was, the, yeah. was the girl who ran the entire account. Heather's hairstylist. And that's who Heather said, I called because I said, it all started with like the Monica, the three last names. And yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a coincidence 
that Heather found this all out while at Bermuda filming the finale. The timing was impeccable. Yeah. It was good. Now, these, are, these women are professionals, and it, it's not like they haven't filmed scenes or reenacted scenes and things like that. So it's definitely possible that, Ma, uh, that Heather didn't actually find out when she found out. And but there's no way she would have been able to like go on that trip, celebrate Monica's birthday, like feel bad for Monica when she couldn't see her family. Like there was just no way that she could fake fucking, all of that. That you know what I thought about last night as I was going to bed, the fucking birthday the pirate thing. Fucking Heather, like a trooper, dressed up in this ridiculous pirate costume. Right? Didn't she also and then the who whose idea was to do the the drag? A party. Whitney. It was Whitney's because she's friends with. That was Whitney. Okay, yeah. but Heather's always been a team player. But like the whole pirate thing looked ridiculous, and Heather here she was to your point, supporting her friend Monica. And Heather might be like, "Fuck this person!" Like I did all this. Yeah, maybe you're. I don't know. So I think she found out when she found out. Also, not Monica literally saying, talking about when Heather pulled Monica on the beach, and she was like, "Do you really think Meredith would do this?" And she was like. I don't know if she'd make a fake account. Like, I didn't think any of you bitches would. I probably would. But I don't think they would. Like, she literally admitted to doing ha- make it. to doing it. Jokingly, because she thought she'd never get caught. Monica is one of those, like, she's, she's a fan first. She was a poor, morally bankrupted fan who got a little bit of access becoming an assistant to Jen Shaw and leveraged that into... Just kept going. This, and honestly, like, Monica, like there's, this is like an L.A. playbook. You know what I'm saying? Like, L.A. is full of social climbing friends who really don't do anything. And they always seem to be friends with multiple celebrities. And they're on some sort of multiple celebrity rotation. And, like, they have this weird kind of micro following basically because of who they fr- their friends are. And if you pay attention, you know, it's, these people are easy to figure out. But, like, that's who Monica is. She's a social climber who got good at befriending people in power and access. And she manipulated her way into getting in the same rooms of these people, building trust and then using it against them. I'm curious to see if Monica's mom is going to <gasps> speak out mm, about Monica. Probably. Being but honestly, like, it's just like two shitty people, you know. Sure. But I would just entertaining wise. I mean, excellent TV. She is not a good person. Yeah, there is a three-part reunion, which three. is like a big thing because usually it's two parts, if not one. I mean, like three. Vanderpump was three parts, but yeah, you need a banger of a finale. Yeah, and again, timing—that's what I'm saying. If this guy, if this, if this secret was dropped in episode two or three, I don't know if you really need a three-part reunion. You have all yeah. episode to deal and address whatever. And this has been an epic season already, and now you get a three-parter. I think I almost feel like. The bombshell of the black eye was supposed to be the finale. Like that was supposed to be the big secret. But then it just like kept stacking. Why is that such a big deal, to be honest? Because uh, so that was last season's finale, finale trip. That's when Jen, well, all the women were drunk. They were dressed up as Marilyn Monroe. They're running around Angie Kay's vacation house in San Diego, topless, really drunk. And then Jen and Heather are the last ones awake. And it, they set it up as like paranormal activity vibes. So you see like the cameras like up in the ceilings and like Heather's door is like wiggling and someone comes in, but you don't see who it is. She wakes up with a black eye. Heather goes on two separate shows, like two separate seasons. Ultimate Girl Strip was one of them. And she goes, I don't know who it was. 
I was drunk. I fell and like hit my face on like a cabinet, even though it's like a clear black eye. Mm -hmm. Even like Meredith, she like jokes around about being Heather's like lawyer. She's like, you can't speak like it might be something. Obviously, there's footage out there that exists of someone punching her, but we don't know who it is. Jen's in active litigation. So they're like speculating that Jen hit her, but Heather wants to protect her because she doesn't want to like increase the sentence. Why is Heather seemingly protecting that's the thing. Jen Shaw? Because she thought she was best friends or whatever. But that's why when she dropped it here, it was like, oh, shoot, she admitted it. Yeah. You would assume that it's real because if Bravo is going to say that, then they probably have the footage to back it up. Which, in fact, Jen Shaw is posting on Instagram from, from prison say, stating just that, that like if Bravo had, if, if, if she punched Heather, then she would have, they would have this footage. And if they had this footage, they would certainly have aired it. And the fact that they haven't aired it means it didn't exist. I, I think they have it. Then why wouldn't they why, it? why would they let Heather say, say that? It, yeah. Like that's like a legal thing, right? If she had said that. I mean, it's assault. Yeah. Like they would, they would have just edited her out and been like, sorry, Heather. Like, I know you wanted it, but like, we can't. I, I'm not following. Bravo wouldn't have aired Heather saying, saying that Jen Shaw punched her. Why not? Because then they can. Jen would come back th- and sue them. Yeah. Jen could sue, sue Bravo? For saying that Heather, that I punched Heather. When she didn't. But it's. Heather, because I mean, Heather's saying that she was assaulted. These women lie about each other all the fucking time. But, but that's we like know physical... there's footage. And that's like. Like, that's assault. Like, no one, I know it used to be a thing in Housewives where they would, like, actually, like, throw drinks and throw things and hit people, but, like, they really don't do that anymore. I was going to say, producers only get involved if they're going to have a physical altercation. So if you watch back this finale, you'll see, like, in the background, the producers are, like, opening the door and they're, like, looking to the side, like, should I stop it? Should I stop it? When Lisa stood up. When Lisa stood up because they don't know if they're going to fight. So they try to stop it if they know something physical is going to happen. So that's why it's, like, okay. So I think if they did not have the footage, they would not have let, they would not have aired Heather saying that. Because Jin Shaw could be like, this is defamation. Like this, you know, like I never fucking hit her. Y'all know that. Y'all have the footage. Nothing happened that night. I did not come in that room. I'm suing y'all. But I think they, I think they have footage of it happening. Whether it's like some small camera up in a, like. So why not just air it though? What if that's like, what's their. That might maybe that's that's probably part legal of the as well. Maybe why is it illegal? Legal as in like maybe because they exploit the housewives for dra- like drama, but they also protect them. Yeah, like they cut it's, stuff yeah, out. It's so a, it's a balancing act, sure. But like, yeah. a, why would they be protecting Jen Shaw at this point? I don't know. I feel like it might be like danger. You know, uh, assault happened on their like a serious wow. topic. Maybe I don't know. But what if they do air it at the reunion? Maybe. Like, what if that's part of? To me, this is all like inconsequential compared to what Monica has done and the betrayal of being a backstabbing internet bully. No, it definitely is. It was a cherry on top. Yeah. It was just yeah, like, yeah, like oh, also, who punched who back then? Oh, fuck, I don't know. Well, like, that's the thing. This finale was like a bookend for like the end of the era of the four seasons because they referenced like so many different things that nobody had answers for. And now it's kind of like, oh. What if they don't come back for season five? So that's what I was talking to someone and they were like, this might be them like restarting the franchise. <gasps> Because, like, there's not many storylines happening now. It's just people, like, closing off their, like... But these are iconic Yeah, I agree. ...women. And is Salt Lake City, like, just oversaturated with these out-of-touch um, personalities? I don't know. Could they replace all 
Oh, these women? Well, they wouldn't have to replace all of them, but you know how they like do Beverly Hills, where they kind of just like sure, bring Beverly in... Hills, sure. Like it's Beverly Hills. It's full of out of touch rich sure, people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they can. I don't know. I don't want Heather to be gone. Me neither. If you watch every season, Heather's like her one liners lead the narrative of the whole show. It's yeah. like this season, she was narrating the whole season, if you notice. Lisa's my least favorite. I like her. I don't I, mean, I don't know her, but like she's just my least favorite. She's a rich person that only eats fast food. You can really tell. I, I also think, I don't even know what my, listen, like obviously if you're in the public eye, you have some narcissism in you. Doesn't mean you're a narcissist, but like clearly, you know, uh, what's our, what's your selfie count, babe? That's not so bad. How do you find that? Just go down to your uh, folder. Go to your folders. 2,309. 5,480. That's not bad at all. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, compared uh, to- Lisa's like, was like, what, oh. 30,000 or something? It was close yeah. to 30,000, yeah. I mean, that does- What is yours, Natalie? That, that, 5,000. That does says, that says something about all of us. You know, it says something about you. Like, the higher it is, the more- What if- The Nick, more narcissistic you are. What if Nick's was like 48,000? 2,300. 2,000. Mine's 138. You are less narcissistic than us. <laughs> I'm 3,800. Or I'm just uglier. Justin's 3,800. 3, so. Okay. Yes. That's crazy. That is a, uh, fuck, man. What a wild episode. Yeah. Well, uh, there's probably a lot more to unpack. Obviously, we have a three-part reunion. Uh, maybe we'll get some of these housewives on the show. I think uh, I think we will. Um, so too. I think Heather stopped you somewhere and said I have a lot to say. I know, but you know, well, well we haven't locked it in yet. So I know. Until, just until she's on this couch, she is not on the show. Uh, but I feel I feel good about uh, getting at least uh, one of these ladies to share their truth. Do we? Do would we? We would give Monica a chance. I think she'd just come in here and just talk bullshit. But I think that'd be worth. Should we go to Jen Shaw's prison and do an interview? Yeah, only if you bring me. Okay. Can I I'll go talk. to prison? <laughs> yeah. We I all mean, meet. Where is she? Is she, where, in, is she, is she in Salt Lake City? Is she in Utah? I don't know, but she's in like one of the nice ones where it's more like. Of course she is. Yeah, whatever. Fancy, fancy. fancy well, yeah. she still has Instagram. So. Apparently. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, it's time to get to Katie and Dana again. Uh, so excited about uh, the launch of Disrespectfully coming to you January 10th. Every Wednesday after that, uh, be sure to check it out. You will not regret it. We have some major, major interviews dropping this month. So excited to bring them to you. Cannot wait to share more with you. Pay attention tomorrow um, for some news. It's going to be grand. All right, let's get to Katie and Dana. Drizzly, the number one way to buy beer, wine, and spirits with delivery to your doorstep when you need it. The number one app for alcohol delivery. Drizzly's been helping the party going since its inception. And whether it's restocking the party when it's running out because you're having too much fun, or maybe you just forgot that bottle of wine for dinner and it's, you know, you just don't want to go back out. Or maybe you want to send a thoughtful gift to someone that you forgot to get a gift for. Well, there is no better way for a last minute gift than with Drizzly, send them a nice bottle of their favorite wine, liquor, or beer, and you will be the all-star in their life. With Drizzly, you can compare prices across local stores to get the best prices on huge selections of drinks, perfect for dry January. The number one way to buy beer, wine, and spirits with delivery to your doorstep when you need it. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. Must be 21 years or older, not available in all locations. 
It's a new year and a new reason to maybe change that diet, you know, maybe find healthier meals and healthier snacks. And I get it. You don't have time to grocery shop, certainly even planning for like healthier dinners. I mean, it's so hard to eat right, especially when you're busy and on the go. With Hungry Root, you can kickstart a week of healthy eating and get groceries delivered right to your door. Whatever your diets are, Hungry Root supports them all. So, you know, if you are vegan, uh, keto, keto, vegetarian, big meat eater, doesn't matter. Hungry Root has you covered and they have you covered with healthy, nutritious ingredients. So whether you need to save time, save money, or just find a way to help plan tasty, delicious meals with a great variety, let Hungry Root save the day. Right now, Hungry Root is offering the Vile Files listeners 40% off your first delivery with free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash V-I-A-L-L to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Katie, Dana, welcome. Hi. Hello. We're so excited. <laughs> We're so excited to be here. Very excited. Cat's out of the bag because now everyone knows that Katie and Dana are launching their hit show, Disrespectfully, on the NV Media Network. Period, 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 slay, slay, slay. Congratulations to everyone in this room. We're so excited. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it, ladies? It's been a very long time coming. I think the first time that her and I spoke about doing a joint podcast was Feb, like January, February of last year. So before we even got connected. So long time. Love that. And then we have all become friends uh, this past year. I think Katie first came up. We, we met Katie with Ariana in Vegas. Yes. Oh, yes, we did. And I actually went, stayed at the same hotel for my bachelor party. And I really thought of... Uh, were you actually, which is funny because the day you two finally signed our little agreement, <laughs> um, I was at that hotel, which was the first oh, place that I had met you, Katie. What a full circle I thought moment. that was a bit poetic and, and full circle. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I was like texting you guys a big congratulations, the same lobby that I had met <gasps> Look Katie. Look at God. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. And it's always been the easiest that Katie is my favorite character on Vanderpump Rules. Do you really mean that? No, or do I you really say that do. to everybody? <laughs> no, he <laughs> no, definitely does I, not I say that to everybody. No, it's sometimes because I, I consider all of you guys friends. I've been friendly with all of you guys. I've known some more than others, but like I have like I haven't really been critical <laughs> of you. And it's not because I haven't not that I well, I certainly have tried not to, I suppose, as, once we, you know, this ball got rolling, but mm -hmm. it does make it easier that you're my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes I have had to say some things and then I'll meet y'all in person. I'm like, oh, they didn't listen. Like, oh. <laughs> Has anyone ever called you out? No, I will say like, you know, the Vanderpump cast as a whole, like you guys are pros. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you guys have been through so much. You've had so much said about you. Good, bad. I mean, yeah, at this point. It's like, I don't think you guys take all that stuff so personally. So I'm not too worried about it. Well, um, bachelor people are a little different. There's some sensitive souls there. <laughs> well, I think some people definitely take things a little bit more personally. Like Sheena? I think Sheena has a harder time with mm. criticism. Yeah. But, you know. She's a sensitive. She's a sensitive. A sensitive person. How are you and Sheena? <laughs> um, I think we're, you know, we're good. Like, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> yeah. We're good or fine. We're, we're are we more fine than good or more fine, <laughs> good than fine? Um, We're good. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen her in a minute, but... um. I, th I think contrary to what people might be thinking, 
Yeah. You're fine. Yes. <laughs> well, before we get into all the Vanderpump, and I have plenty to get into because obviously the season is approaching, let's talk about disrespectfully. Let's. My uh, new favorite topic. Well, I'm so excited just because obviously when thinking about what I wanted like this network to be and what I wanted it to represent, obviously you two ladies, I think, embody that. You know, this is the Vile Files is an audience of mostly millennial women. We love our men who listen, but the millennial women run strong on this. And I think you two represent that uh, so well. We talk a lot about relationships and dating. Mm -hmm. uh, we are connected very much into pop culture. And, you know, Katie and Dana, obviously you have been like, you know, so open about your dating lives. And for me, when thinking about what this show could be, it was like, there's so much about your guys' lives that I don't think people get to see, even though they get to watch so much of you on Vanderpump and like the kind of the authenticity, authenticity of like what you guys are going through. You know, Katie, your divorce with Tom has been something that's been very talked about. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And now that you're out there braving the dating world, which we know a lot about, you know, as a show that we talk a lot, it's 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 a grind out there. Uh, and you as well, Dana, like just to be able to hear. <laughs> very relatable stories about what it's like to kind of brave that world through the lens of you two, I think is going to be a lot of fun for people to listen to. It well, is Kate, a brave Katie, new world. you've been in your AD era for a while, which is life after divorce. Yes. And I consider you thriving. So it's been definitely a new chapter. I would say that there's moments of thriving and then there's moments of just surviving, mm -hmm. <laughs> merely mm -hmm. just trying to just, you know, be in the streets. And, <laughs> and not, I mean, sometimes it's so grim. It's just like, wow, like this is really what it is. Because the landscape had totally changed from the time I was 24 and dating. It changed and then it didn't change. Like it's still what can be expected. Like, you know, men are not okay. No, and I want to be a city girl so bad, but I'm a lover girl. Like I, I am I'm like, you were just talking about sensitivity. I'm so sensitive. And yeah, the landscape is brutal. I'm still a lover girl. Lover girl. Yeah. Want to be a city girl. How though. did you two become friends? From Vanderpump Rules. We met. So that's, that's how you met. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, season eight, she came on the show and uh, I just like really quickly took to her. I just thought she was just like a, just a cool gal that I wanted to like hang around. Will you be gracing us in season 11 at all? <sighs> I filmed a tiny bit. I... Left the show for a lot of reasons, but one of which it just it was toxic for me. And I give so much credit to anyone who does reality TV. It's way harder than it looks. Oh, my God. So, Nightmare. so, so much harder. And I love don't you love when people are like, you know what you signed up for? And I'm like, are you fucking OK? Like, I didn't know any. You don't know what you don't know. So when you're in it, it's so much harder. So this year I did think about coming back. I filmed and immediately was like i cannot do this so i don't even know if what i filmed will make it but um you got ptsd may, i may i called her like i had a panic attack the next morning like full-blown screaming crying panic attack and was like i had didn't even realize i was like well i'm in a better place now and you know so mentally stable blah 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 and then uh nope so <laughs> Funneling that to out. a podcast, yeah. <laughs> fucked around, fucked around and found what out. What was the thing that gave you the most anxiety? I had a um, a work situation. So people always assume that I was just a server and um, I actually was in healthcare sales. Like I had a corporate job when I started filming the show and they had me work at the restaurants to kind of fit me in because I was just a random. And um, I had a work situation that went really south because my company at the time was not okay with the show. And so I've been with my current company for like three years and I like uh, my job. Okay, and yeah. I immediately was like, 
holy shit, I cannot threaten my livelihood and just wasn't worth it. And there was a lot of shouting. The one the day that I filmed this like situation erupted and the cortisol in the room was like <sighs> so occupational hazard occupational <laughs> hazard i don't know they just maybe have a more iron stomach than i do for that and like i'm good at confrontation when it arises but it's not something i like like i don't like always feeling like there's a fight around the corner i don't like that either but it's just it is an occupational totally. hazard you know yeah well now you get to just vent on your show yeah right so thrilled to be doing this with her and a little passion project that doesn't involve me getting screamed at how was your ladies' holiday what's it what did you guys do well I mean, Christmas, I just spent it with my mom and my, my grandparents. It was a very, very low-key Christmas. But then for New Year's, I went to Nashville Ooh. to hang out with Kristen or Caitlin. Why can't I? I, would, I, have, I have Kristen's and Caitlin's in my life. And I constantly am always mixing them up. With Caitlin Bristow, who lives there. Oh. She had like a, a little party. And my friend Bailey, who or our friend Bailey, who lives in Vancouver, came down as well. Did that, that party seem to stir up? I, I, I heard about that. Drama. I heard something. Do you, about do you, that. You, you're not aware? Of course I'm aware. <laughs> I'm not aware. Tell me. Yeah. I, I, we haven't talked about your time. I'm I tapped out. I don't on, know if it's my... I, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus. Oh, I don't or, want you to throw anyone say, under the bus. Say, is there someone to... What did you, what did you hear? Under the bus? What did you hear? Well, there was some like footage taken right. of some people. Right. Yeah. Kind of wrapped around each other, <laughs> you know, really entangled. I only it became... looked like the clock was about to strike twelve. Oh, it did. Oh, so it was like, oh, is this a, a New Year's kiss situation? I only became aware when I saw a screenshot of your friend Caitlin. Uh, it was post that she posted on her story in response to it seemed to be some criticism she was receiving. Yeah, she was getting a lot of that, and it was really. I felt unfair and really harsh, like very extreme criticism. What was the criticisms? Well, just I think people were just treating her as if like she had committed some serious crime just for, you know, maybe hanging out with some hanging out with somebody. Rash people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and it's just it's it's just it's 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 just a case of people maybe not thinking or thinking that they know more than they do. Okay. So and it's a, it's a it's a frustrating place to be in because I've been there myself with just, you know, people being uh, particularly hard on you and you not being able to just fully defend yourself in the way you want to. Is there something going on between her and Zach? I, that's not for me to... Not for you to say. It's okay. to say. Okay. So not no. But it's not for... I, I don't want to speak on what is happening <laughs> no, in her personal I life. I don't, don't want to... It's, it's my... I, listen, you'll, you'll get it as a, as a now host of a successful podcast. <laughs> You're going to have to ask some tough questions to each other, I, no, to your guests. It's, it's fair. And I thought you you might. Yeah. I, I was prepared. But, you know, I just... We wish whoever dates in Bachelor Nation nothing but the best. I have no opinion on it whatsoever. But I'm just here <laughs> to ask. You have no the, opinion whatsoever. Truly, I don't. No. <laughs> it's just no. a job to ask. It is my yes, job to ask. Course. Yes, of yes. course. Of course. I'm not, I'm not knocking you for doing your job. I don't give a fuck who dates in Bachelor Nation. And if two people are single, they have every right. Who gives a shit? Amen. And it takes two to tangle. Tangle? Tango. Tango. Tango, <laughs> tangle yeah. and tango, yeah. So was the other person, Zachary, receiving any hate mail? I don't, I didn't ask. Was this unfolding the night of or the next day? <laughs> the drama? I think it was the next day, the next day. right? Because okay. I think that's when, when... I don't know when people post these things. 
I mean, I think that there was like a video posted that night, I would assume. And then I'm sure everyone immediately saw it. But she might not have noticed it until the next day. Was it even her photo or did someone else? I think it was someone else. It was someone else. They were just in the frame. Mm. Did you kiss anyone at midnight? Oh, great question. No. I mean, like, you know, you kiss all like your like friends. Like, yeah, yeah. "Yeah, happy new year. But no, no kiss for Katie. Oh, Oh. right. What about you, Dana? Yeah, who who are you kissing? I kissed a gorgeous, gorgeous girl. Her name is Laszlo, oh. my new cat. I'm obsessed oh. with her. <laughs> we had quite the makeout. Um, I didn't do anything because I was in Toronto for Christmas and was in the countryside for most of the trip and had to go get my new kitten and come home. So I was just in matching PJs with our good friend Raleigh, drinking boove and eating pasta. It was great. I loved it. I was asleep by 12.15. How long have you been single for, Dana? It's been 84 years. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Um, you know, on and on and off for a long time, probably like seven years, but have learned a lot. And what we I mean, back to disrespectfully, like the lessons have been bountiful and a lot of it has been bad tasting medicine. So I feel like her and I both offer a unique perspective on a lot of it. But I imagine I still have many more lessons in my future. Every time I meet someone who I think is great. I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. And then a month later, it's like, lesson. So we'll see. <sighs> yeah. All right. How did you guys come up with the name Disrespectfully? I think it just embodies sort of the the attitude that we've, you know, embraced. And it, when it comes to it's being unapologetic in our ways. I think Katie and I are both people who just are who we are. And you can take that or leave it. So Disrespectfully really captured, like, this is what it is. So we're going to say offend people hopefully probably possibly well i mean at this point i think if like you don't want to be in a in women today in society you know still with you know misogyny being so rampant uh you know women if you're not affable and pleasing and you know looked at in a certain way you know you get judged and i think that's just not the way you we don't want to be like tiptoeing and walking on eggshells through life especially when you're just trying to you know have a good time. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even just misogyny, like internalized misogyny. Like it's cool. so crazy how much of it comes from women, yeah. obviously like that as well, which I'm sure you're trying to say, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. And we just don't subscribe to that. They don't care about anyone else's rules or what you, they want for you. You mentioned earlier that some things are similar and some things are different when it comes to dating. What has been something that you think hasn't changed since you were last on the hard-hitting dating streets and what is something that you found to be new what's new is is me obviously i'm i'm a lot more grown and mature and confident as a person you know i mean your 20s compared to your mid to late 30s are like night and day so i just me as a person and how i approach things and am able to handle things is completely different than when i was in in my 20s but I think what you can expect from other people in terms of like the men out there is pretty much the same. Like there's like, they're just so nonchalant. Like there's just so like, it's, it's. You mean like the, 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 the classic Tom Swartz nonchalant? Uh, not necessarily that, but just these guys just, I, I mean, they give nothing. Have you. Nothing. Have nothing. you been. Actively trying, like when it comes to like guys that you're pursuing and dating, like how different are they from your ex? Oh, I would say very different. They're all different from each other too. Okay. I mean, I'm trying 
all this all of them on. <laughs> oh, we're 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 going for variety right now. Yeah. Okay, we're in a variety era. Yeah, you gotta know like what you're you know, what you like, what you don't like. How long were you with Schwartz? For twelve years. Yeah. Damn, that's, that's a really so long crazy. time. Yeah. It was so crazy. Such a yeah. long time. Yeah. So I, and some of them when I when they when I see things that are very similar to Tom, I'm like this feels really familiar and I like like what specifically like what's a behavior that triggers you that you had to deal with for so many years when it came to your ex-husband uh someone who seems that they just don't want anything you know too serious they're very non-committal uh they're just like not ready for life in those kind of ways they're not grown up they're not emotionally mature have you found that to be something that's age specific with the men that you've dated or not? No, honestly, I like I when it comes to dating, I'm not looking for anyone of, like at of a certain age because truly I think men in their 40s can be very like very immature emotionally and just mentally where men who are in their you know late 20s or early 30s like their EQ can be higher than mine <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I mean, yeah. Truth, like, there, there is no like it just yeah. yeah like i think it just depends on like where you come from and how you're raised and just the things that you've maybe dealt with in life it's so funny to me when someone says i'm rage i'm raising my age bracket because i'm looking for more maturity and i'm like oh honey no that's not gonna <laughs> do case anything by case. it is case <laughs> yeah. by case have you had any horror stories of older men oh my god it's also okay so i fuck with apps more than she does um but like you, it would shock you the amount of men that are 50, 46, 47, 48 that say on their profile, not looking for anything serious. And I'm like, you're heading toward Medicaid. What do you mean you're not <laughs> looking for anything serious? What are you looking for? Yeah. I mean, just like. You got 50 year old men saying that? Yeah. And I would say the most of like horror stories with men. I did have one who I can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure had a family. Like I the the sketchiness of of lies on top of lies on top of lies and just things that weren't making sense and almost positive like that was what was going on. But also just the the dating pool seems to be a lot of avoidant people, avoidant mm. attachment styles right now. So, you know, they will try to reel you in and and, you know, love bombing is real. And it's hard to sometimes differentiate between what is love bombing and someone that just likes you. And then all of a sudden when things start getting more serious they're like what are you talking about i didn't say i wanted a relationship i just said i wanted to see you every day all the time and and <laughs> I just like, get go, to know you go, go shopping dates. together and sleep together every night and i don't want you to sleep with anyone else but i don't want to be with you what are you, are you crazy and you're like yeah i guess i'm just cuckoo <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> you guys lock me up <laughs> sorry nut job <laughs> yeah oh yeah wild yeah, time <laughs> i will wild times. i will say and i'm sure that you feel the same way but the landscape is brutal right now for dating right it it has changed a lot even in the time that i've been single but something about being in your 30s like i've never been more sure about who i am and my bandwidth for bullshit is non-existent like i just don't have a threshold for things that i used to put up with so even though it's pretty scary out there it's easier for me to deal with than it's ever been because i'm so quick to totally buy. yeah because as much as like you know sometimes you're like oh am i gonna be like alone for like ever and ever and ever uh, that thought can be a little daunting but also it's like I, I know what it's like to be with the wrong person and be in a relationship that isn't right and doesn't feel good and that can be more isolating and lonely than anything so it's like i would rather just be 
uh, by myself and yeah. be you know technically alone um than be with somebody and like that yeah. yeah i completely agree and furthermore for some reason our culture only looks at romantic love as worthy or whatever and like we have so many great friends and such great relationships around us and there's so much love in our lives it's like funny that that's the only bar of success so yeah personally no, would you say this is the most content period of both of your lives yeah for me i mean 2023 was a tricky one but yeah it's overall yeah and not even so much because like honestly like who knows what this year is going to bring for all of us right but in terms of like being comfortable in your own skin and confident with yourself and and sure enough yourself to like set up those boundaries or say no to people in ways that I think we maybe when I you know I was younger in my 20s or like didn't have the confidence to maybe speak up or or do that where you know the older I got I got more sure of myself and more just like you know comfortable with who mm. I was so that I could just be like you know disrespectfully fuck off um <laughs> yes. and would you say that that's where you ladies are at oh fully yeah yeah, yeah I didn't I didn't even know what boundaries were in my 20s i didn't i didn't i didn't even know what they were how to establish them what i truly wanted for myself you know i just was like i was so desperately seeking validation from outside of oh my, my own God. self that yes. like that was just not even a thing i just yeah what's an insecurity that you guys both have when it comes to your dating life now with where you're at in your life that you think is you know relatable to other women in similar positions that you have that you're in it's a that's a really good question that would have been easier for me to answer two years ago. Like I have really buttoned things up and I used to be so afraid of being alone and kind of like what you just said. I thought that if I wasn't in a relationship and having someone reflect back to me what I was hoping to see that I didn't have worth and it's just not where I'm at anymore. So, I mean, my only fear is just being too amazing for someone like what <laughs> yeah, can you no, do I mean, it's not insecurity but like it, it there's just there's things that i know that about myself that i'm not going to change that could potentially deter somebody like i'm a very direct person and so like i don't have a problem like communicating things straight out the gate with people and that's when they yeah they say like oh well i don't like I'm not trying to like get too serious whoa, too fast, whoa, whoa, and I'm like yeah, I'm just talking. Down. Yeah, this is just I don't just want to have like functional communication. I'm yeah. like, what am I just going to be like cool right now and then drop the mask and then have like get real with you? Like no, like this is who I am. I do get insecure about the you know the show, and because sometimes mm -hmm. they'll be like, oh I've never watched the show, and I'm like that's fine. They're like should I? And then they'll be like, oh, okay, well, I watched an episode. I'm like, which one? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's a, I don't know if that's Again, the most... Katie, I'm still waiting for your, like... I remember watching Vanderpump season 10 for the first time, and then people were like, oh, you know, and, like, talking about, you know, oh, I'm such a big fan of Katie's. And, you know, there's always a critic here or there that's like, oh, well, you got to go back and watch the old episodes. I've been doing that, and it's... <laughs> You're the least problematic person by a fucking mile. It's not that it's problematic, okay? I think it's just that... You know, when you're meeting people, they have all the animity in the world. Like, I don't, I have to, like, everything sure. I want to learn about a person, mm -hmm. I'm going to find out through talking to them. You can find out a lot about me just with a quick Google search. And that, it doesn't make me feel insecure, but there's a, there's a level of discomfort that sure. I'm, Vulnerable. like. Yeah, you feel exposed I, almost. Yeah. And so I'm like, that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> How do you deal with that? Just deal. You just deal. I just, there's nothing I can do. It's like I can't stop somebody from wanting to Google. They're going to do what they're going to do. 
But I just hope that and, and the thing is, if, if anything they read online is going to prevent them from wanting to see me or date me, then they're really not the person for me. And I just have to I, I'm more comfortable now accepting and actually loving the fact that I'm just not going to be for everyone anyway. So just weed them out. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I got used to just being myself for a long time. <laughs> well, I, like... <laughs> also, I just had to make sure Natalie never watched. She's never seen the best. Or, or so you stuff. you relate. Oh my god, yes. So it's like even though it's like maybe not like bad or any like, it's just sometimes I like. Why do you want to watch a highlight reel of my past relationship? Do you want to see me get married? Yeah. I don't know. Like, does then how about I call up your ex girlfriends and they <laughs> yeah. can tell me all kinds of stories? Like, I don't want that. Right. Let me just give you the cliff notes. Yeah. Like, he we threw don't need a couple to... drinks on me. <laughs> he never took my had my back. He cheated on me. Like I don't know. Like it's just. It's wild. I haven't got to that part. Oh, stay, stay tuned. <laughs> Who did he cheat on you with? Uh, several people. Uh, Sheena from Vegas. Sheena oh. in Vegas. <laughs> Baby Sheena. That's I don't know why that that's Every, a that's a weird people like, think theory. it's yeah no because Sheena did say yeah, that Sheena she thought said... it was going to the grave that they were going to take that make out to the grave. Mm -hmm. So why would anyone think that? Wait, it was so did Sheena but... make out with Tom or not? You're gonna see, but I will tell you that it it was not the other Sheena. It was not the, the other the mini it, what, Sheena. First of all, that's not even her name. Uh, but no, like that was that's that's a complete mm. theory that someone made up online. Will Sheena have to apologize or answer questions once whatever this is is revealed? Yeah, I think people are gonna be like Tom didn't just say that because he like there's obviously more to that story and it involves sheena well he did say Sheena. well i don't know because <laughs> sheena literally responded to someone's comment and was like he wasn't talking about me wasn't talking about me or no i didn't she tweeted it yeah like or like i can't believe you made out with schwartz and she's like i, I didn't. didn't like all will be revealed i think she was being a little nuanced in her mm. in her uh response like it wasn't a make out we kissed you know mm -hmm. Like uh, one of those things. Okay. Like we didn't use tongue. It was just <laughs> pecs over and over. That sounds like a fucking Tom Sandoval line. Where it's just like, well, like yeah, I didn't cheat. We only fucked. You know, like <laughs> we we hooked up and then we didn't for four weeks before the affair started. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, well, when you when you had those four oh, weeks buffer oh, in there, that, oh, that right. makes all the difference. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, when it comes to Vanderpump Rules, I don't know what is or isn't you know considered wrong uh, in your guys' world. Sometimes I f I feel the same way. I feel crazy. Like, just truly. It's like a gaslight of, like, ethics in society. You know, like Vanderpump. It's, it's, uh, it's like this weird dystopian sort of, like, parallel universe that, like, I sort of, like, up in and out of, and it's just... Questions for you both, and I want you both answering, because obviously, Dana, you are tapped in as well. Like, who, and I guess include yourself... But who do you think should be the most worried going into season 11 about people's opinions changing for the worst about them? Who do you think? <laughs> I don't know, because people already have a very low view of Tom Sandoval. So it's so it can get lower. I mean, it's funny that and I get why she feels this way or was saying this. But when Ariana was like, I'm you know, have concerns that people are going to turn or whatever. I don't think that's going to happen, but I do think that there's 
them shooting for some type of redemption arc for him or like maybe not just trying not to focus on the whole thing so much because so much of this year after filming like obviously they pick cameras up and film an extra episode and then so much of the year it's been talked about but um i don't know i just think that he still cannot take full accountability for what happened it's physically impossible for him and Mm -hmm. the way in which that when he does talk about it especially with people you know like I'm familiar. You, you know, yeah. Like he the way that he'll just spin it and immediately be like, well, this person did this. And it's like, we don't care. That's not what we're talking about. It has nothing to do with this exists in a vacuum. We're talking about what you did. Um, So I think he's gross. But what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think even <laughs> I think he's gross, but <laughs> even him given like given the That's I think, low hanging fruit. Well, I, I know. Mean, it's but, just, the, but the thing I just I think even him given the the time and the floor to speak and all of that um, without taking true accountability in the sense of saying like, this is specifically where I went wrong and hurt you. And I know exactly how and when that all happened went down. And it's going to be a little hard uh, for you to do any kind of (laughs) uh, answering, you know? And I think anyone that has any empathy for him might have a little bit of trouble too. Mm. Empathy in what way? Um, I, I mean, like, you see, like, Sheena kind of having, you know, struggle with, like, missing her, like, friendship with him. And, like, I get it. Like, I've had long-term friendships with people that I lose. And it's, like, it can be a struggle. But I think, like, this one in particular, like, seemed like an easy one. You know? You no, know, so, it makes sense. Because, like, obviously, we, we all loved. I mean, Sheena closed out. I mean, mm-hmm. other than the reunion, she closed out season 10, like, a fucking champ. I mean, that was she put a bow on it. Yeah. An iconic scene. Yeah, where she. Yeah. Some might argue that Sheena, God bless her, has a history of being a bit of a <clears throat> pick me. Um, and that scene that she had with Tom was like a finally Sheena. Yeah, here you are standing up on the right side of right for the girls, so to speak, saying the right things, and. Are you suggesting that maybe that might come across in season 11 as potentially disingenuous because at the end of the day, she's just going to miss her friendship with Tom. And because Tom, according to you, isn't, you know, holding himself accountable, that Sheena will find ways to make excuses as to why it's now okay to be friends with Tom, even though he hasn't actually demonstrated any type of actual contrition when it comes to his behaviors. A little bit, yeah. Uh, and it, it, it just, it gets like confusing because she also has a very long, you know, history and friendship with Ariana as well. So it's like, I, to me, I think if you are feeling stuck or uh, in the middle of something, you know, there's, you feel like you have to like make a choice or something, you, I, I mean, she. I, not, think, I think you rely on your integrity. Yeah, I think the guiding light there is if you have two friends that something really malignant happens and you have to choose who's in the wrong, who was done dirty, point blank. Period. Yeah, I think that's like not saying that it it doesn't hurt when you have a friendship breakup and there's a lot of history. I totally get that. I totally get needing to forgive, but repurposing someone in your life isn't necessarily the solution of particularly if it you know and i'm not speaking for ariana but if it made someone else feel some kind of way i mean it's also like didn't she bring ariana into this show as like her best friend yeah isn't that how you know so it's like how did how are you now kind of 
mm. turning on her in a way. Are Brock and Tom like besties? I don't think they're like besties, but they definitely have a relationship. Yeah. Charlie called him a payroll husband. <laughs> She's she has been calling him that. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. I kind of I'm kind of sad that Charlie's not on the season. I was really wanting her back, but you know, I I I get it. Yeah, PTSD. Mm -hmm. I get. <laughs> I get it. Only so many people are as brave as you, Katie. Well, I mean, I've been in this yeah. for you know. It's. Eh. What about Lala? Lala, um, Lala and I like Lala's probably the one person I had like the most. I don't want to say drama, but like we definitely like had a tougher time this season. Why do you think that is? I don't. I mean, say? I think. Not that our friendship was strained, but like there was a bit of a strain or there was something kind of like under the surface there that was like was coming out a bit, you know, so we kind of like we we definitely had a short fuse with one another. We actually discussed this on our episode of Rally Recap this week, um, thinking about like Lala's point of view, because one could easily say that what, what she went through with Randall mm -hmm. was. Oh, yeah. Like, honestly, more difficult and more stressful, given that children and lawyers and all that bullshit was involved. And yet, it was Ariana that got all this kind of attention. Mm -hmm. And even getting the attention while Lala's, like, Hulu documentary, like, got released and it was overshadowed by Scandaval. Do you think that has affected Lala? Yeah, because I think I think anyone can take that sort of like objective like viewpoint on just like the whole like social economics of the scandal part of it and be like, wow, like the the public response to everything that was happening was wild and extreme at points to be like, wh like, why is like, like, it, just just trying to like break it down, you know, of like, and Ariana really, if you want to look at it from that point of view like was like the perfect, you know, victim. She was always very like well-liked and, you know, and then I could even put myself in that position too of all I didn't go through crazy what she did, but just having put so much very hard, intimate moments of my life on the show um, and then, you know, go through a divorce where I didn't even have the support of the cast really. Like, oh, it would have been great to have the support of the nation. Um, so I can get that kind of point of view as well. Um, but similar to Lala, I myself, like we've had our villain moments. We we can be polarizing people on the show. So like I can understand like why I didn't get that or why she didn't get that as well. I think the other factor is it's it's really apples and oranges because I do understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And no one is saying that Lala didn't go through a horrific experience. Absolutely. But people have been watching this show for over 10 years. They've known them as a couple for almost that amount of time. Yeah. Also, in addition, who he cheated with was a close friend of hers. Yeah. And not only that, the close friend used to be engaged to a good friend of his. So it's like, totally. I also understand why it blew up the way that it did, because it's for most people, your brain can't comprehend doing something so dirty. Yeah. And like, obviously, people were going to have big reactions to that. Even, I, yeah. Even though what Randall, that whole thing was bad like t just yeah horrific horrible i think in the vanderpump world you know that people were like had so much access to and were felt like yeah. so much well, a part also, of I, for so I long think, can we mention this i mean i think a lot of people kind of saw it coming with randall and lala i don't you know when they when when it was all kind of out there i don't think it 
surprise a lot of people that that relationship didn't last. And I think with mm-hmm. Tom and Ariana, for all of Tom's faults and the criticism that it gone, has gone his way, like Tom and Ariana was, like you said, kind of like a staple of Vanderpump and a mm-hmm. relationship that really stood the test of time. And then for it to end the way it did was that perfect storm. Yeah. So do you think Han- Alala's handling it well now? I guess is my big question. It's just like, do you think, you know, she's got that quote in the trailer about calling Ariana God and things like that. Is that more soundbitey or do you think Lala really believes that? It's not soundbitey. It's again, like you're just going <laughs> to... I'm just asking what you believe. Yeah, um, Where's n- her heart? I think no, Lala's heart is, she's got like such a big heart. Like she's she is like such like a... She really does like care and stuff like that. I think it was just, how do I explain this? I think it was more of like objectively speaking more than it was just coming from a place of being jealous or angry or okay. anything like that. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, I get so. Yeah. Does that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, I wasn't there for that conversation. So it's hard to say. And like, and hello, it's the production's job, right? To make it like really exciting yeah. in the trailer or whatever. So no, it I is, that. that's why I'm it curious is, in terms of, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes we have groups of friends where you can just kind of like tell they're a little bit more jealous than the other person, you know? And I don't know if like the Sheenas and the Lalas of the world are like, because like they've clearly, I, we talked about this last week too. I feel like the two people who have monetized Scandal the most outside of Ariana and Ariana has fucking every right to, would be Lala and Sheena. Would you agree or disagree? Well, I mean, I think, yeah, with like having like podcasts to like talk about and getting like crazy ad revenue. I mean, that's pretty. And their merch and all that others. They, they've leaned in. Their song. The, like, yeah, the lean in. Yeah, <laughs> you know? for sure. The Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have no problem with. It's just like when you start like demonstrating like little cracks of jealousy, then it gets a little weird, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. From, my, from a fan point of view. <laughs> Just from fan, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> Katie's like, I uh, can't say anything. Well, I just, I like again, it's too soon to start. Like, it's more fun. That's why it's more fun to talk about when the show's like airing because then it's like, I just there's I more context ask, there. I gotta ask the question. I know, but I'm saying when there's when there's more, when we have more context and we know like what we're actually talking about. Do right? you think your ex husband will ever get out of his Peter Pan lifestyle? God, I hope so for his sake. For his sake, I do because I I want I really want the best for Tom. I want him to be happy. I want him to do well in life. But like, he's he is in his own way. Yeah, and, all the time. And you're right. I mean, I have since met him. He's mm-hmm. a very affable guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he is a charming motherfucker. You know. <laughs> yeah. But it's, until you're in a relationship with him, it is and very, it drives you crazy. <laughs> no, I, have, no, look, I mean, even just like I've gotten you know getting to know Sandoval through special forces by proxy, I've gotten to know. Schwartz and mm-hmm. it's like yeah they're fun guys but like hanging out with them is like it's clearly like I'm <laughs> they'll say shit and I'm like I just live in a very different lifestyle than you guys right now you know like <laughs> yeah. I'm just in a very different era and it's you know we're the essentially the same age you know and it's mm-hmm. just fascinating to me like you know their what seems to be their immediate goals I mean I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that in 10 years when they're 
you know, approaching 50? their 50 in their 50s that they'll be strumming a ukulele at four in the morning together in like ambient lighting and, but that's and what like, that's, no, know literally why. with like a bunch of zebra pattern. Around. That's what I'm like, kind of yeah. like fascinated with them. It's just like I have someone who just like, hey, you know, what about five years from now, 10 years from now? Like where like are the decisions I'm making now? How are they going to affect me in the future? And like, you can't always like you can't live every day like that. But like it just yeah. seems like those two don't even worry about tomorrow. The, I know. But that's but that's why like when I realized that like it, Tom Schwartz was always going to be under Sandoval's spell in that kind of way that I just. Do you think he's still under that spell? Yes. That is shocking. That is shocking. Well, <laughs> he put Schwartz in a horrifying position when they had just opened a business yeah. and he was doing all this nefarious shit. Here's the thing. Like any repercussions when you put your name on a building. And you know you're doing something really dirty. And I can't imagine him or her did not, it didn't cross their mind one time. Like if this gets out, it's going to be really bad, right? So if you have a business partner who's also in this world and whatever, like, I don't know, me personally, you're not really a friend to me putting me in that kind of position mm -hmm. when I have like my, if my financial well-being is on the line. Yeah. That, you, I tried, so what I, do I know? I tried to explain that to him over and over and over again. And he's like, you know, no, I know, but I'm just like concerned about the business now. I'm like, you wouldn't have to be concerned about your business if, if he, he didn't do this. Friend. Like, are you yeah. not understanding? We, you and I and Allie went and got drinks at Laurel a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Actually, you might have been pregnant, so you didn't get drinks. Um, I did have a Sprite, but it, I asked for it um, with the lime to make it look a little spicy. And we were kind of <laughs> talking about this, and you told me about this like biz, like this idea that you had for Swartz of how they could pivot with the bar. Do you remember that? I kind of forgot. I'm kind of... Um, and it was kind of ingenious. And like you had this an idea of what they should do with the bar. All my ideas are ingenious. <laughs> well, do you remember the idea? <laughs> um, I was just like, well, what better time to like rebrand to Once Upon a Tom, get like new. There, that was, yeah. yeah. Once, upon yeah. Once Upon a Tom. And like you can get like new, excited, you know, investors in there, maybe someone that's like more experienced and well, they have Greg, but like yeah, Greg they, can't do it all on his they own. They could have mm -hmm. not called it Schwartz and Sandy's, pivot, buy Sandoval out, rename it as once upon a tom once upon a tom was on the table before they opened and ultimately well, picked i don't George think it was it was never on the table because sandoval would never allow it to be on the table because it had to be because i yeah. came up with it yeah it was being floated it was great it's a great idea. it's a great name great I, name. it's I even it, it would have been even a better name had they removed sandoval from the <laughs> Truly, bar i know once upon a tom but nope yeah that would have been iconic I know. You should have listened to you a little well, bit and more. Well, and even for a continuity perspective, like I what a great <laughs> second bar if your first bar is literally called Tom Tom, Once Upon a Tom. Yeah. I, I Listen, I, I, it, to me, it was so obvious. It was just, yeah. it was like gold, but they just, I don't know. It was like, no, it had to be Schwartz and Sandy's. I'm like, Ugh. whatever. Once <laughs> Upon right. a Tom. It sounds like a great place to make memories. I think so too. And it's like right below like the Hollywood sign. It's like feels like very like, I don't know. There's just, there's something kind of special How about it. How has business been for them? Do you know? I honestly couldn't tell you. I, you know, I think it's a little odd that they chose to leave town over New Year's and like not be... spend it in their bar. Yeah. Yeah. Bring uh, it in all. Uh, hmm. I have no idea. I, I don't go I there. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about it in a long time. <laughs> well <laughs> your we guess went. is as good as mine we went once for research they didn't have ketchup 
No, they have. It was like cherry ketchup. You were like, "What is? Who the fuck this? is this? Like what? <laughs> yeah, they didn't have ketchup. Mm. Yeah. So, but we we quickly left and did not return. But it was fine. Yeah, they were playing. What was the music they were playing in there? <laughs> it was like elevator music or something. It was so strange, and we were all like, "What is this vibe right now? Like, what are y'all going for?" <laughs> it was very. That's confusing. a great question. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit all over the place. Well, it's like every three feet of the bar is a different vibe. So there's just, yeah, it's if you pan around the room, you're like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. A lot going on there. I know that you're getting some shit about something about her. People thinking that it's it was like some sort of scam for merch or oh, something. God, yeah. Like, what is going on? The, what an expensive scam. Because <laughs> like, you could just sell merch. Yeah. yeah, and not like build out. That's what I didn't understand spot. about that. It's like, what's their angle? Like, could have just been like, here's some merch. It's <laughs> yeah. like everyone was going to support you two in that in that, and moment. not have to spend, you know, money on a buyout and rent, and then the whole design. <laughs> like, yeah, we yeah. did all that just to sell merch. Weird. Weird. Um, no, everything has been uh, going through the process of like permits and the city sort of their, you know, process of things. And it takes a really long time. It's just it's not easy. And anyone that has opened a restaurant or any kind of food, you know, business, they they fully get it. They know yeah. that it's it is daunting and relentless and it takes a really long time. And I think for everybody else, they just don't understand. They're like, it's just sandwiches. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was like granola bars. Like it yeah. just, it doesn't well, matter what it is. You have to go through this process. It doesn't, it could be a full service restaurant. It would still be the same process. It doesn't matter like what we're doing. And we didn't even have our first inspection until like August because we were, um, we had this patio out front. And when we found out they were going to be doing this whole like street, ugh, like thing on Robertson where they're going to be expanding the sidewalks. And so they wanted the patio removed. And so we're like, we were going, we were like not fighting with them, but we were going back and forth for like literally months and just saying like, can we keep it until next year? We'll sign some kind of acknowledgement saying that we'll remove it 60 days prior to the project when you, commencing, like we'll do whatever. Can we just keep it for now? Because like, why not? And they they went back and forth because at one point we thought maybe they would. And then ultimately in July is when they were like, nope. So we had to remove that. And then we could finally go through our, our inspections because we weren't going to go through the whole inspection process and then have to do it all again. So, so, I mean, it's just, it's just been, that's been the. Well, to put things process. in perspective, I mean, it took this show disrespectfully between you two and me took like, was in the works for like six months. Yeah. And that's yeah. just a podcast. Yeah, it doesn't include a lease on a <laughs> restaurant and food and inspections. Well, and... maybe ours will. We don't know. We might expand out and make it. <laughs> yeah, who a knows? But I'm just saying, shit, shit takes time. Yeah. It just yeah. takes time, but you know, it, it's going to happen, and it will happen. It'll be great. So, just trying to be patient. Do we have like a goal? We don't want to put that up as there. soon as possible. As like, soon as possible. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like once we get that final permit, it's like it's go time. And then we can like finally bring in product. This we'll the do thing a is, live we can't bring in product from amazing something about her there you go there you go also all these people put a sandwich in your pipe and smoke it like the way that the conspiracy theories and what are like is like are you bored are you that bored like what are you talking about people are like well like ariana doesn't need it anymore she's busy i'm like what she doesn't need it anymore like we've been like committed to this project for years like she's going to broadway and then she'll be back and then you know like it's just it's fine you know but then they're like well katie's never done or 
I don't know, there's the notion that I'm like, don't follow through on things or I don't know. It's just like, it's at wild. this point just like out of y'all's It's just noise. Hands. It's other people who you're waiting on other people. It's yeah. not, it's out of y'all's control at the moment. Well, just, so like. That's just the organic fandom that you guys have to deal with. It's lovely. <laughs> you know, because there will, there will be people looking to root for Sandoval. Like you're, there are just, there are going to be fans watching season 11 who are going to look for every reason to criticize Ariana and root for Tom just because they get bored of a storyline and they want to Contrarians out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she'll be interesting. Katie, do you watch any housewives? I do, but I'm like behind on a lot of them. Like I haven't caught up on Salt Lake. It was Charlie, wasn't it? Who told us that there was kind of like an unspoken rule about having like working for Lisa Vanderpump and watching like Bev Hills, Bev Hills after she was gone. I never heard that rule before. <laughs> You're like, underwear. Well. I've never heard that rule before. Like, oh well, never mind. <laughs> uh, How was Lisa when it comes to all of you guys? Do you is she st- does she still like to play like Switzerland or do you feel like she has been more willing to take a stand? Switzerland. Do you feel like she's usually neutral? Um, I mean, she's still like, I don't know. Well, if <laughs> other than Kristen, she seems to be like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think she, I mean, she was even during S- Scandival, she was, you know, she wasn't willing to give up on Tommy. I don't know why that is. I mean, it wouldn't make that much sense from a business perspective, I would say. Well, I, yeah, I think it's maybe. She could still, I mean, it didn't stop her from shitting on Kristen, but she wasn't. She like, didn't have a bar with Kristen. With oh, Kristen right. called a, you know, called Kristen, a, Kristen. That does not exist. That's a good point, Dana. Yeah. I'm a thinker. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying, and not to, and also not to say anyone who says anything other than the fact that he was blatantly wrong. Both of them wrong as fuck. There's nothing else to say about it. So like, well, yeah, what perspective was there besides that? Because it's like you wanted to like ease up on him because it's like it's been enough. It's like he's you know paid his like it's not about that it's just about the fact that he still hasn't taken accountability there's just shown zero remorse and it's like everyone makes mistakes this wasn't a mistake <laughs> like yes do everyone makes mistakes yeah yeah for sure but like and everyone has cheated not like this and yeah no. when, when you're and maybe in your 20s like yes it can be like a little more forgivable because it's like that's when you should be fucking up and learning really tough lessons and growing from them. But if you're in your 40s and you're still doing that shit, it's a little less forgivable. But also, if you can admit that it was a mistake, then you should be able to apologize and admit how fucked up it was and say like, yeah, but it's, he still can't do that. Yeah, exactly. He should or just be it, able to say that. Like it's if- or it's quickly followed by a. Uh, but Ariana did this. Oh, the qualifier. Oh, my or, God. You know, t- Ariana said this. Not and trying I to hear had that. a choice between this or that. And what do you expect me to do? And, and I was yeah. I, I was in this place. This is why I did it. It's like you were covering and making choices and decisions all along the way to protect this and keep it going. So it's like to say that like you were just... Like, whoops, I fell and my penis went cider. Like, that is not what happened. I didn't have a choice because I just, I was in such a bad place. It's like, that's not how this works, though. Like, And again, if you're not, he's not thinking, okay, long-term goals. There's no way it never once crossed his mind how bad that would look if it came out. So it's like, how do you think if you're not in a good place, how, what place do you think you're going to be in when this comes out? And like, to call it just like, oh, it was an accident. Like, he had her 
in St. Louis on the low for Christmas. Like that wasn't just an accident or something, you know, you weren't sure about or didn't think through. So if you kind of to your point and when it comes out, just say, yeah, I actually just did this. I willfully knew how much it would hurt the people around me. My friends, Ariana. I, I couldn't just, stop myself because I, I wanted to. I didn't want to. I liked the way this or, or ditzy girl made me feel. I didn't take the time to consider and I was selfish and self-centered and there are no excuses. Or I, yeah, I, I want to not do that in the future. I couldn't even take the time to consider because I was so consumed with what I was doing and I just like, like I was caught up and you know like just something but just to like constantly be blaming it on everything outside of himself is just like it's so tired yeah why don't you just like you could just say my insecurities were suffocating me and i liked the way this person made me feel and like the rush of it all just say that just say you couldn't fill your own cup we're aware you're a bartender you don't know how to fill a fucking cup so (laughs) (laughs) texting office hours there we go uh all right ladies it's time for uh texting office hours all right ready to deliver yeah Sure. Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a free personal app that finds and cancels uh, your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills all in one place. It's incredible, especially when it comes to canceling those unused and unwanted subscriptions. I mean, it's amazing. You know, they add up. It's how like, do you really remember that one like you know app that you downloaded four months ago because like you needed to do I don't know something and never used it ever since, and you've probably been paying nineteen ninety five a month ever since. Yikes. Well, let Rocket Money identify those apps you're not using and cancel them for you. They're helping people save on average $720 a year just by canceling unused subscriptions. I myself saved over a thousand. I mean, amazing. What would you buy for $720, Justin? Tiny little boat. Tiny little boat. You can buy a tiny little boat. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash V-I-A-L-L today. That's rocketmoney.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Rocketmoney.com slash V-I-A-L-L. One skin. Look at me. Look at my face. Look how young I look. And thanks to one skin. And me for putting you on one skin. That's right. Baby helps. Well, it's uh, one skin. They're literally help, through science uh, letting people reverse aging. Reverse, not even stop. Reverse aging. That is right. It's incredible what people in science can do for you and let science help you. Their products are powered by the scientifically proven peptide called OS1 that targets fine lines and wrinkles right where they start. Your cells with their full line of face, eye, and body, sun, and travel size products. One skin doesn't only promise healthier skin. They prove it. And we're all in. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspect of aging. One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started with 15% off using code VIALL at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with code VIALL. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you New Year, healthier skin. That's One Skin. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. What's your name? My name is Jess and I am 40 years old. How can we help Jess? Well, I am trying to figure out if I should stay in a loveless marriage um, or file for divorce. Okay. All right. Well, first of all, I'm sorry that you feel like you're in a loveless marriage. Um, We do have someone here. (laughs) Well, I don't know. It wasn't loveless. Well, it was lacking. In, in many ways, okay. but yeah. Anyways, this is not about Katie's <laughs> marriage that's over. Tell us about your marriage and the lack of love that's in it and why 
Why, if you truly feel like it's loveless, why are you considering staying in it? Well, the biggest challenge is we have three children, um, ages five, three, and one. So they're all little babies Mm. and precious babies. Um, The main reason why we have trouble in our marriage is because he is an alcoholic. Mm. Um, He does admit that, but I have been trying to communicate to him exactly what I need. And, um, I need to see some love from him, some action, not being drunk every night. Yeah. It's a lot. (laughs) So he is willing to at least admit that he has a drinking problem. How long has he been admitting that? Um, oh, he's been admitting that for at least eight years now. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. So has he done anything other than admit to it? He had to go to rehab because he got his second DUI. Okay. Um, and he went to rehab for alcoholism and pills. Um, when he came home, he seemed good for about 30 days and then he started drinking again and it's just been a downfall. Um, I'm talking like drunk every night, um, but functioning. Um, I just don't really trust him around our kids because sometimes he's a little aggressive. He's also lying to me consistently, hiding alcohol. It's just been a, a big issue. Well, I'm so sorry that you're dealing with this. That sucks. It's okay. Um, Obviously, three young kids is a lot to consider, and I totally understand why you're taking that into consideration. Nevertheless, I mean, this sounds bad, and, and yeah. you know, it's not sustainable. Yeah. And he, um, he does try to talk to me about it, and um, he only tries to talk to me when he's drunk. So I try to wait for him to talk to me in the morning when he's not drunk, and he mentions nothing about it. And if I bring it up, it's just he kind of walks out the door. Do the kids notice when daddy is not sober? Love your question. My oldest just started realizing a couple months ago. She's like, you're mad at daddy because he's drunk, aren't you? And I, that broke mm. my heart. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So. Jess, I would be curious. Have you talked to an attorney or gotten any type of um, feedback from them? Because I, yeah. okay, because I actually had a friend that went through this um, recently and it is something to consider, but you just said that he got a second DUI. If he gets another DUI and hurts someone or himself, property, whatever, you are financially liable for that too in a marriage. So unfortunately, right. like there are possible financial implications for you and your children beyond just the emotional implications. And unfortunately, the rates of recovery for addicts aren't great. Um, and the first thing that needs to happen is he would have to really want to be committed to that to change and get there and it doesn't necessarily sound like that's what's happening and i like nick said like three small children completely get that but it's something to consider it's just the hard part with the kids um but i know if they weren't here i wouldn't be here still i think also like thinking about how they especially your oldest i mean um watching you and watching you put up with it and watching the way he gets when he's drunk is that showing them that that's something they should put up with in the future mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that teaching yeah. them yeah. like you know or do you want to show them like no we don't you know we don't stand for this we we respect ourselves and like this is what happens when people don't treat us the way we deserve to be treated those are all amazing points too and i guess think it's 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 interesting that you can say to us that if the kids weren't in the picture you would be gone Yes. Hey, is that really true, though? Because- very, very true. Very true. Um, it was really hard for me. We've been married for 13 years. So um, it was really hard for me in the beginning with all of this. Um, <clears throat> but ever since we started having kids five years or six years ago, it's it's just 
different. Um, he's not present. He's not there. He gives no love. I tell him, listen, I need, I need some love. I just show me that you one time a day that you, that you like me (laughs) and he can't, he can't do that. Um, and I beg him for it and just Mm -hmm. doesn't do it. Well, I'm so sorry again. Um, but I think Dana and Natalie make some excellent points. And if, if it truly is the kids that are only keeping you together, then I think you have some other very valid points to consider in terms of why for the kids, maybe this relationship isn't serving anyone any good. He is their father and he can still choose to be their father, regardless of what you decide for that relationship. But that's his choice and his responsibility, and it's not yours. And my gut probably tells me you've been probably doing 100% of your half and like probably 80% of his, and maybe you're like (laughs) used to that. And even when it comes to worrying about how, what his job is as a father in this, you know, relationship, you're probably have taken up that responsibility, which it's not your responsibility. And I think you got to try to be careful, you know, not to almost be like a martyr yeah um because there are no points for being a martyr in this relationship and kind of taking one for the team so to speak clearly that hasn't gotten any you anywhere with him no it's, it's i'm telling you it's been years and it's a conversation we have multiple times a month like you have got to stop it, it's it's embarrassing like falling over just it's it's just embarrassing so but back to if the kids weren't involved you would be gone why convince me or us if you're willing as to why because there are kids there's a reason for you to stay um well his parents have been married forever my parents have been married forever i'm not a child of divorce so i don't know how that affects the children um i mean i've done some research and it just seems negative um but then again i don't know how good it is for the kids to see me upset every day and just trying to hold it together. As a child of divorce, it's worse. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. It's because you can have a great relationship with your father and a great relationship with your mother. And you don't feel like you're choosing sides, or being in the house and like seeing them fight. You don't feel like, you know, like when, when they're separated, you can go see daddy and it can be like an amazing experience. But when you're home and you're watching the relationship just be loveless and and nasty it it affects the way that you view relationships in your future i mean mm-hmm. i looked at relationships so differently as a kid because i saw what my parents you know put up with and mm-hmm. went through in the same situation i was talking about i know that a therapist told my friend this um divorce does not traumatize children it's the way in which you divorce mm-hmm. so there is there are many resources out there to help you have a successful divorce. And, you know, as long as you're keeping your side of the street clean, you can't speak for your husband. And it sounds like he's not making great choices. But I understand those fears. But I'm guessing if what you said earlier about you are scared to leave your children with him sometimes because he's rough and they're seeing him like this all the time, that is likely not going to be less traumatizing for them than a divorce. It's so it's it is it is the scariest thing to even like process and comprehend because just like you don't want to believe it and you don't want to accept it but I think like suffering 
like you suffering? I mean, even just for like your children's sake, thinking like, okay, well, I don't want to get divorced because that's not something you have, you know, you grew up in or, and I think people, it's a lot of like taboo. People just don't think it's, you should fight for it. You should work at it. You should just, you know, you should um, do anything but get divorced. But I think you will be so much happier and your kids will see that in you and you'll become like so much stronger and that bravery will really resonate with them more than seeing you suffer and be broken every day. Also, I think you can say that you've confidently tried. Yes. Having those you conversations know? every yeah. single month yes. and it's falling on deaf ears. He's not listening. And I think he probably just thinks you'll never leave anyway. So he doesn't need to change. Those behavior modifications are never going to come because he hasn't had to change them. Well, it probably makes a difference too that I've told him numerous times. I'm not going to leave you because I love my kids too much and I can't do this to our kids. Mm. Um, yeah, no, well, he's so definitely, he's, he's definitely taking that into consideration for sure. Yeah. Like last night he was drunk out of his mind, swaying and everything, got the kids to bed, comes over to me and says, Hey, can we talk now? And which is a huge, like he's never done that in our entire relationship for 13 years. And I said, actually, no, because you need to talk to me when you're sober, <laughs> you're not going to remember yeah. any of this, yeah. or you might remember bits and pieces. And then this morning we're in the kitchen together for an hour. He doesn't say one word to me. And when he goes to leave, I said, so you wanted to talk to me, right? And now that you're sober, you can't do it. And you just left. So. Yeah. What would it take? Like, what would your, what would your bottom line be? What, what, you know, like what, what would need to happen for you to take those steps? Oh God, I don't even want to say that out loud because it sounds horrible. Well, like, I think that's, I that's, that's the part you have to get over. Well, it sounds horrible. It's like if something would happen to my children or something, I live for my children. Um, if anything would happen to them, but then it's like, I don't want to say that because thinking that something could possibly happen. But also like, yeah, letting it, thinking about that, letting it, happen. letting it get to that point. Right. Yeah. So how do we get you to that point without something bad happening first? I just have to make the decision and stay strong and, and do something about it. But I'm just petrified. Um, what, what scares he's a you great the most? dad. Well, that's awesome. That's, just, that's great. And he can yeah, still be a great dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and if you decide to leave the relationship, you can do or you can not do what a lot of people do doing your shoes is like, you know, you can still protect the fact that he is their father. So you don't need to talk shit about him to the kids yeah. and things like that. You can still like cherish that bond that he has with his kids. And as you should, because like, it's so like disheartening when you see parents go through divorce and they selfishly like go to war with each other and they like take it out on their children and let their insecurities like make, you know, and then it becomes like a battle, like which kids like who parents the most, mm -hmm. like don't do that. And so you yeah. can deal yeah. with the bullshit that you guys have to deal with and you can still protect that relationship he has with his kids, you know, because like, like Natalie said, like. You, nothing is stopping you two from still being two amazing parents to their children, regardless of you two are together. And you can still shower them with love and you mm -hmm. can still co-parent and you can make the kids the priority. You just no longer have to be a prisoner of this loveless marriage and his lack of desire to connect or communicate with you uh, unless he's drunk out of his mind. Yeah. What else scares and then you? And I'm also, I, I'm also 40, so it's like... Is there any hope for me anymore besides oh. the Golden Bachelor? Oh my God, uh, forty uh, is the new thirty. Yes. Ladies, this is where you jump oh, in. Oh yes. my! I can't uh, wait for you to 
Listen to Disrespectfully. <laughs> your, your new favorite podcast is going to be called Disrespectfully. It uh, comes out next week, and it's hosted by Katie Maloney <laughs> and uh, Dana. Dana Kathan. Kathan. God, God damn it. No, they were devastating. Dana Kathan. Um, yeah. Dana, <laughs> Dana Kava. Um, yeah, you're going to have to download that and listen to it immediately. But yeah, Katie, your thoughts on that? Um, I think that should be the last thing to like worry about because, of course, you have all the... T- so much time left yeah 40 is the new 20 and also like who wants to be 20 anyway but i think um that should not be like those those things that we tell ourselves those irrational fears should not never hold us back because i I don't know i've i've truly never been happier even if i'm still single you know because it's just the relationship i have with myself and the kind of confidence i've given myself just to love myself enough to get out of something that wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't making me happy. And there was no future there. Babe, also, have you met a 20 something year old? Ugh. Like, <laughs> like Katie said, who wants that? Except but for, Natalie. But for, yeah, I <laughs> mean, yeah, you don't count. Well, sometimes we do. Sometimes, you know, the 20 year old, 20, 27 year olds can be fun. Well, but don't you want to lead another story? Well, sorry, real quick. <laughs> don't don't block your blessings. Yes. So these are all fear based thoughts. So I know that it's easy to look at what you're losing right now because that's what's been your life for the last 13 years. But think mm-hmm. of what you're gaining. Guarantee yes. you, you will meet someone. And just like there's a lid for every pot. And your current situation doesn't sound like it's best for you or your children. So yeah. you are a spring chicken. You look great. I don't know if you get Botox, but you look like you do. So your amazing hair. I'm not worried about you at all. You know, I think, but it's hard because you think like you had your whole life planned. You had the family, you had everything. And then everything's turned on its head. And you're like, the thought of starting over is mortifying. But I am so excited for what's, what's unknown and like what could happen, you know, in my future. And just thinking that, you know, it's, it's anything is possible. It's, It's more exciting to me than it is scary. You also already have your kids, yes. right? So you're not looking to like start a fan. I mean, unless you would like to do more no. of that, but like you, <laughs> no. so you're literally just looking for love and that's the bare minimum. And that's like, and you can take it, your time. Yeah. Yeah. That. That's truly, so much more you, low pressure. That's a great point. You have your kids. Like, and I say that as someone who's going to about to have his first kid at this stage in my life. And like, before I got here, it was like, fuck man, like. I had to consider like so much of my relationship-based decisions on like the fact that I still wanted to be a father. And thankfully, luckily I met Natalie, but like that pressure of, or lack thereof, that you have your three children and that you don't have to worry about your biological clock at all anymore, which is obviously something women have to worry about that men don't. You have the freedom to be like, fuck it. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like you can get a little, you can get divorced and be like, you know, I'm gonna be a fuck boy. For the next two years, I'm gonna fuck around. <laughs> I'm gonna have late nights. I'm gonna date, you know, I'm gonna date 25 year old men and just have a ball because, like, you know what? And and honestly, you don't have to. Even if you aren't a mother out there, uh, you know, as our our wonderful co-host of disrespectfully will tell you, like, you don't have to worry about that. But you have the a- added bonus of being like of not having that. You know, as so many often people do, well, if I want kids, I have to date more intentionally and blah, blah, and, and, and put that unnecessary pressure on yourself, you know, that no one should do, but especially someone in your shoes, you won't have to worry about that. But then you put it the other way, if, uh, like, who the heck's going to want three little kids? That's, I've never found that to be true. Yeah. Also, yeah. first of all, if, really? they, if they don't, 
the goodbye. Love. Yeah, Lead yeah. yourself out for me. Do the work. You took the trash out. Great. But second of all, the person that would be right for you will not care. Or I'm guessing also could also have their own kids. You can end up with a blended family. Like you mm-hmm. just have to really stop letting this like shadow version of you lie to you. This, these are lies that you're telling yourself. This isn't a thing. We can't mm-hmm. play out what has not happened. If the streets call, bring, bring, answer the phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, like you said, you have your kids. Get you're, out there. You're also like you're, you're 40. You're not 23. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you're not trying to be, you're, I, 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 I'm guessing you're, you're not going to be dating a bunch, maybe a few, you might like mix it up, but you're not going to be dating a bunch of like 27, 28 year old men who are like, are figuring their shit out and aren't (laughs) sure if they can handle like a mom of three. Like, I don't think you're going to be dating those guys. And you can if yeah. you want. They're if you want to get a little nuts, you know. Fine. Like, but yeah. yeah, you're not going to be dating. Like the, those aren't the ones you're trying to like wife up. No, and, and like, also you know. you'll be well, you'll be surprised. The twenty somethings are all the ones that want to wife you up, and you're like, please yeah. go back to preschool. Um, <laughs> Where's so, your parents? Yeah, yeah, where can did your mom sign your permission slip for you to be here? But I think Dana makes an excellent point. What you're doing right now isn't serving you at all, right? You're just and I and I understand why you're doing it. Why you, know, you have a lot like it makes sense why there'd be a lot of things to be afraid of, even though you really don't have to be afraid of them. I mean, what you have is this opportunity, you know, you have this chance to like be incredibly free to like be only 40 years old, have three wonderful children that like, those are your babies. They're going to be the center of your life for the foreseeable future. And dating for you is just like an added benefit. And you're going to have your success stories and you're going to have those shitty dates that you're going to laugh about with their friends. And you'll have some great lays and you'll have some bad lays and maybe two or three, four or five, six. I don't know how many years down the line you will meet a guy who you'll actually want to spend the rest of your life with because it's been about the two of you and the connection you have. And it's not about anything else. It's not about like, was this someone I want to have kids with and et cetera. You will have no other pressure other than, is this the person I want to waste my time with? And so like you really, you know, to Dana's point, you have like so many things to be excited and optimistic about. It really comes down to your perspective mm-hmm. and how you see your situation. I also yeah. think it's okay for you to be scared just because your life is going to change. Totally. But I don't, your kids will still have their father. He will still be a great dad to your kids. But your marriage, what you feel right now, you're not going to feel any different when he's not around. It's not like you're, you're losing the person who, you know, hugs you when they come home. You're not losing the person who, you know, goes out of their way to make sure you feel special, who holds your hand in the car, mm-hmm. who, oh, you know, like you're not losing that because you don't have it. So like you're I think you should obviously acknowledge that it is scary to start over. That's the inevitable. But I think putting your kids aside because they're going to be totally fine. This is it's better than having them grow up and watch their parents be disconnected and not see love than having love separately in different homes. The other part that's really hard is um, the one reason why I felt, well, one of the reasons I fell in love with him is I thought he would never, ever lie to me. And he has just been lying for years to me. Mm. Like, I, mean, um, a, I think it was an addict. You know? the, yeah, that's what they yeah, do. The, the, day, the day before, but he's starting to try to make me feel crazy for it. It's like the day before Christmas Eve, I was wrapping presents for the kids and I put them underneath his bed. There was nothing underneath there. And then later I went, we don't, we don't sleep in the same room <laughs> um, just because we are bed sleepers. But um, 
So the later on, I went into his room to to see what he was doing. And I saw a bottle of wine, like it was like 12, a whole bottle of wine just gone in like less than an hour. And I was like, are you drinking already? And he goes, oh, no, that's from the other week. I, ju- I just have it there. And I'm like, you're you, you can't make me feel crazy. I was just in your room underneath your bed. Well, we can like, certainly try. That's the definition mm-hmm. of gas yeah. gaslighting. That's yeah. what gaslighting is. Yeah. Making you question. It, it's, your... it tries to make me feel crazy yeah. for yeah. the things that he's doing. Oh, no, I didn't drink. No. And then I find like bottles here and there. I don't think you fully appreciate how much weight will be lifted off your shoulders once you power through that decision to leave him. Consider yeah. that you don't know how good it can be. <laughs> yeah. When was the last time that you um, put yourself first? I don't, I don't ever put myself first. Maybe it's time. Ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never, ever do. And he knows that. We can text him right now and ask for a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. If I, one, mean, if, I, if, I, well, I, I you know, know you're not going to. Do you know what and, I had to do, like, though? Because well, there's like never, like, there's never like, a good time. I gave myself a deadline. I said by this. Yeah. By Saturday, I will, I will. How did you do it? How did you approach it? I told him I wanted to talk to him. I was like, I want to talk to you today. He was leaving to go to do something. I was like, when you get back, I want to talk. And then you just said, you just said it. Uh Uh-huh. It's, it was weird. It felt foreign coming out of my mouth. It was just, it was not like, again, but you just like, you just something I, you just have to do. Cause otherwise there's no one, no one's going to do it for you. But like, you know that you. First response. It was sad. It was really, it was, it was the saddest day. But, you know, it's not like because, you know, there was obviously a conversation that happened prior to that. Um, but ultimately, you know, I had made my decision. And if yeah. if one of your children had a partner like this in the future, would you be OK with that? No, no, that, to an extent, because like I said, he's a great father, hardworking, um, but there's no love. There's just being drunk. And, yeah. So how are you going to find the courage? to give yourself that deadline that Katie was able to do like do I give him a deadline even though what is that what is that eight years for the past five years yeah but what is that yeah yeah what does that deadline look like that deadline a miracle looks like it's gonna fail yeah Yeah, I mean you're that is you delaying the inevitable so and before I let you go that's what I just want to make sure because like I you know I get it you're not going to text him right now and ask for a divorce (laughs) I get it. But you are getting off the phone with us and we're going to go about our lives and you'll be left back to where you started is before I called with this like huge fear of like following through what is to us the obvious choice. And we understand it's not an easy choice and we understand a lot goes into it. But like there's been no counterpoint to you leaving him. And there are some even some things that you haven't even considered, like the whole liability fact that, you know, he could get in a car tomorrow. He could kill someone. Or just like damage someone's property. Damage someone's property. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. you are liable and your children for whatever damage and destruction he does. And as far as you saying that point. he's a great dad, part of what can happen in litigation is you can specify if you're taking it to the court saying this is the reason we're getting divorced. You can say he is not allowed to drink while he has the children. So that's an yeah. even further protection for them because right now when he's with them, he's drinking, you know? Mm-hmm. So how about yeah. step one, before you ask for a divorce, what if you got off the phone with us and start researching divorce lawyers? 
do that. Uh, um, that is something that I'm thinking about. I, I don't know how any of it works. I think he'd be extremely civil. He's very understanding. And it's it's crazy. It's like he says he loves me and wants to be married to me and I mean, loves I our family, I've, but won't change. And he's like, well, if, if that's what you want us to be separated or whatever, I will be very compliant and... Listen, I mean, I, I feel for him because he has a sickness. He has a disease. He's yeah. suffering from addiction. And that yeah. is tragic. And I have a ton of empathy for him. But it's also not your fault or your problem. And it's not your responsibility to take on all of this shit that he is dumping onto you and his kids and putting you guys at risk, literal risk, mm -hmm. you know? And so, yeah, you can have empathy for him and you can feel bad for him. And he at any moment can try to put a more considered effort into getting his shit together and changing his life, you know, but that's on him, you know, and maybe you finally having the guts to ask for a divorce, who knows? I mean, if you want to hope for something, let that be the wake up call that maybe he'll actually do something instead of you saying, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to leave you. But you can't sit there and wait on hope. And I wouldn't expect much to change. But yeah, I think it just starts with a phone call. You know, yeah, I'm, not, I'm just so scared because I'm such a planner. And it's like, okay, what do I do then if he if I do this and he leaves and then I'm with all three of the kids and I'm used to his help my child care, work. I mean, it's, but you can't even count on him to watch yeah. the kid. I mean, right? I mean, if he's mm -hmm. drinking, like, how is he able to help? What help? Yeah, help you. Yeah. And you I know, think he's good. He's good for a little bit and then yeah. it's, it's over. Do I you, think um, you could also you, start yeah. slow and like just start with a separation, you know, like ha ask him to get out of the house and maybe just separate for a while and then. You know, just take it day by day. I don't think you necessarily need to like jump into, yeah. you know, the scariest of. Do you have any friends or family that would be willing to help you out for a period of time? Um, I have my mom and dad, but they are like eighty-five, and it's more me taking care of them. I take care of them okay. as well. Um, so like my mom has dementia, and my dad's just mm -hmm. getting oh. up there. So, but your husband um, works, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll figure it out. You know, truly, and I, I, I don't mean to sound like dismissive or crass, but like you're going to figure it out. And I know it seems and sounds impossible right now because you never imagined this for yourself, mm -hmm. but like you seem more than capable. Again, you have your children, you love your children, and for the sake of them, you're going to figure it out. I promise you. And it's not that, that it won't be difficult at times and you won't feel overwhelmed. But again, like hearing what you're going through right now, I honestly can't imagine it's going to be any more difficult than what you're currently experiencing. So even if it's just as hard, if not a little harder in the short run, mm -hmm. I think you're going to figure it out. You're going to step up. And I think, you know, people around you will rally together and you're not going to be on your own. Like if nothing else, you're be thankful that your your husband will sounds like still be a good father to them and provide for his children when he's not dealing with his disease. But um, I think right now you got to get over this mental hurdle of thinking about all the reasons why you shouldn't move forward with this decision. And I think you got to start changing the narrative and start telling yourself, I can do this. I'm capable of doing this. I have the strength to do this. And you have to change that narrative. You got to gas yourself up and you got to start making phone calls. And step one is to reach out to a couple divorce lawyers, lawyers take some meetings, Get some info. Educate yourself. Right now, you mm -hmm. don't have you. You're just guessing. You don't know, and you're un, you're refusing to find out out of fear. And that is only like, at, you know, it's like a 
what's the word like self-fulfilling prophecy type of thing where it's like you don't mm-hmm. want to get any information because you don't want to learn but you don't want to do anything because you don't know any, you don't know how to do it so right. start being actionable pick up the phone like you don't have to get divorced by calling a, a divorce lawyer you don't mm-hmm. like just educate yourself and get your ducks in a row and at the right time if it gets to that point you set a timeline for yourself once you know like you're a planner so plan your divorce before you ask for the divorce truly (laughs) that's that's a smart thing to do but you start doing it now and if you decide not to get divorced you can still decide not to get divorced but you're right now all you're doing is nothing and except for worrying about your problem and you got to start taking charge and and uh i really think it's going to be a lot brighter than you realize. And as scary as it sounds now, like if you've heard me talk about, you know, things in the past, most things aren't as scary as they sound. Uh, And then you do it and you're like, holy shit, like, yeah, could have, could have, would have should have done that a lot earlier. And I will be, I mean, call us up and let us know that we were wrong if we were wrong, but I will be shocked if you decide to move forward with this six months from now and not be wishing you had done it much sooner. Yeah. No, I, I already do feel that it, it's like something hit me when I turned 40. I was like, I just want to be happy. I'm tired of being, I'm tired of being tired and I'm tired of trying to make someone better and change someone. Yeah. You You're know? having to beg so, someone to love you. Beg. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And when you do ask for divorce, you'll have these two ladies and their show disrespectfully. You'll have two girlfriends at the same stage of the life that you're at, out there dating, and you won't be alone. There'll be literally hundreds of thousands of women just like you out there who are just killing it in the dating scene, having fun, meeting men, telling stories, having a ball. Sure, you'll have your struggles, but like again, yeah. I think this really comes down to you changing your perspective in your head and start telling yourself you can rather than you can't. Mm-hmm. Good points, Nick. Good points. <laughs> Right. I'm sorry you're going through this, though. Yeah, well, that's okay. Well, thank well, you. Well, it's not okay. Also, <laughs> how Nick was just saying, you can you'll figure everything out. It's true. There's a great book called Everything Is Figure Outable, and I can't remember who the author is, but it's amazing. So, highly recommend giving it a read. Okay, thank you. You really will. You'll figure it out. We love a good follow up on the show, as you know. So, I'm going to yes, give you some I homework. <laughs> so, what is a timeline that you are willing to work with? And your and your next step, just to get the ball rolling, is to make a phone call to at least one lawyer. Yeah. So that's gonna be my next step. Um, and I'm thinking like I, I hate to even say a month, but I feel like I just need to have like that one last conversation. Like if this happens, and, and if if he's gonna make it, maybe to the month or something, and then it's just gonna start all over again. Are you are you guys in? So. Ther- is he in therapy? Are you in? therapy? I begged him to do therapy, and he did it for like two sessions or something like that didn't do anything for him uh we've done couples therapy he didn't do any of the assignments i had to beg him to do the assignments uh, which he never did anyway he would just come with empty paperwork uh it's just nothing is working you've tried i've tried yeah. i've tried every every approach you can try well with yeah. dealing with an addict mm-hmm. so now you can pat yourself on the back knowing that you tried it's not your fault you, you can have no regrets, you know, that must be something you experienced, Katie, knowing that like, fuck it. Yeah. Maybe you tried longer than you should have, but at least you fucking tried. Yeah. No, I look back and say like, I could, there's nothing else I could have done. I, I did everything I can and I don't, I don't regret. I, I don't know. Yeah. 
that's good to hear because yeah, yeah, I I feel the same way. There's like nowhere to go now. All right, so I think a month's a long time. I think we follow up in like three weeks. Okay, I, I can do listen. That. I can. I, I love you and thank you for calling in, but I get the sense that you will delay this shit forever until someone. <laughs> well, once you have, once you, once you start talking to people and they kind of are holding you accountable and you know, you got to give a deadline things, your mind starts shifting a little yeah. bit. So we're going to follow up with you and we would love an update on what it was like for you to reach out to a divorce lawyer and know this. That right now there are literally hundreds of thousands of people listening to you and there are many women out there who are relating to you right now mm -hmm. in this moment and they're looking for strength and they're going to find strength through you because you're going to give us an update and you're going to tell us how scary it was and yada 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 but you're going to do it and then so many other women listening who couldn't find the courage and they're in a very similar situation to you are finally going to get that courage because you're going to show them how it's done yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I really want to. Um, I'm going to, starting tomorrow, I'll look up some lawyers and okay. figure out my next steps. We're and rooting for you. It's going to be okay. Thank you. It's like the scariest thing ever. <laughs> totally. It is. But yeah, I do but... want you to try. I want you to start changing that narrative in your head. And it's those little things. It's those little th comments we say to ourselves. It's going to be so scary. It's going to, we know it is. And yes, I'm yeah. not trying to dismiss it, but you gotta, what you have to start doing is start saying things like, I can do this. This is, I deserve better. Mm -hmm. There is better than this. Mm -hmm. Those are the things I want you to say to yourself, to your friends. You know, you gotta, it's that kind of, that's how you change your narrative is to change those thoughts and you can control your thoughts. So you have to mm -hmm. really police yourself. And when you, when you catch yourself saying, this is too scary, I don't know how I'm going to do this pause, take a moment and say, no, that's not true. I can figure this out. You've, you've figured out things before. If you can raise three children, you can figure out how to get a divorce. You want to be happy. So let happiness be your goal. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. All right. We'll be following well, up. Thanks everyone. We're sorry really you're nice going through this. You. So this sorry. sucks. Um, oh, truly. Thank you. thank you. But hey, well, it's a new year and this yep. time next year, you could be on yeah. a fucking beach with a fucking hottie <laughs> just getting fucking like oil rubbed up on you the kids yeah. are being taken care of yeah. and you're living your best life I don't even life. know what that's like anymore well <laughs> it's about the time you find out you know you will soon uh, circle back with us funny. give us an update we're here for you I will I will thanks guys okay. I appreciate it alright take care bye. talk soon yeah bye. bye bye Allie said that the author of that book Marie Fer Ferrarello we've had on the show yeah I was gonna say it was Mar I thought it was Marie, but I couldn't yeah. remember her last name. We yeah, she's interviewed a, her. She's amazing. Wow. Love her. That is your target audience. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Heavy. But it's like I've been there. I know I know exactly what she's feeling. Well, yeah. minus the kids yeah. and stuff. But yeah. It is uh it's it sucks what she's going through, but mm -hmm. I'm glad she has you two ladies to uh She doesn't know how fun and good it can be. A hundred percent. And also, unfortunately for her, the likelihood that this is going to change or get better is just it's not on her side. So no. I really hope that she makes this choice. Well, it's tough because I do, you know, people in her position, you know, if you've been in a long term relationship for a number of years like you were in, you you forget what it can be like. And the unknown is so scary sometimes. And yeah, but, so it, but this when when the shift of uh, of it being scary to being really exciting happens, that's cool.
I've never been married, but I've definitely I know how it feels to be unhappy and feel lonely when yeah. you're with someone. I can tell you as someone who's been single for a long time, there is nothing worse than being with someone and feeling lonely. Then mm. being alone so is true. so much better. So true. yeah, one hundred percent. I cannot wait for uh, all these people to listen to disrespectfully and I have a friend know. in their dating escapades. Oh well, <laughs> they're gonna get earfuls. Oh of it. my goodness! So they're like uh, shake their head and be like, "Oh, what are these?" But you know, this it's gonna be peaks and valleys of of triumphs and mm-hmm. <laughs> tribulations mm-hmm. and do you I mean, ladies want to com- leave us with a story i don't know i think i see a hickey on dana's neck well first of all <sighs> hickeys are coming back in 2024 are don't they? you know they should be well i um you, we, we enjoyed it as the hickey was happening <laughs> yeah but then i didn't okay. know that it was happening and my Let me see this hickey where is it it's on this side let's see oh Oh, it's yep. a little I have makeup on right now too. Okay, okay, okay. It looks um, like the, a little like maybe your cat's. The, how did you feel to? How did it feel okay. to cover it with makeup? So I mean, I <laughs> obviously didn't do a good enough job, but um, it was like, is this um, 2004? I'm so confused. No, no. My best friend, my best childhood friend. So she's known me since the hickey stage when we were like 13, 12 or 13. Was in town with her partner and their baby, and we were walking, and I hadn't like looked in the mirror. We were walking to my apartment, and she was like, <laughs> "What the fuck is that?" And I was like, "What?" And she was like, "Do you have a?" hickey and i was like "Mm, i wasn't gonna tell you the whole story but um now obviously the only person that would give a hickey is someone under the age of 25 so that's true she'll be dealing with i think i've been i listen i think hickeys are how old is he how old yeah he'll be 25 next month love it and i'm okay so her and i are different about this i normally will not even speak to someone below the age of 31 like literally and i actually shut him down i found out how old he was and I've been chatting with him because he's like tall and cute. So I'm like talking with him and then someone, I asked his friend how old he was and I was like, oh, no, bye. And then he, he, we kind of like lost track of each other and I was leaving because I am an old woman and wanted to go to bed and it was all children left. And so I was like, um, he was like, wait, can I get your number? And I was like, no, I'm 33 years old. You cannot have my number. You're 24. You're super cute. This is not going to happen. And I like went to go past. I was like, have a great Christmas. Bye. And he grabbed my arm. and He's like, OK, well, okay, how about your Instagram? And I was like, fine. And now I have a hickey. So don't give out your Instagram, folks. Well, only leave some hickeys. Embrace the hickey. Yeah, I was, I was you, collecting Katie. hickeys like Pokemon last year. Like it was great. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, sometimes some of them were like mean. They, they, there was no covering them up. One time I had to go with a hickey to like CVS Pharmacy to pick up a UTI uh, prescription. I was like, <laughs> that's a moment. How old am I? <laughs> oh, no. I was like, wow, this is that's like that is that's, that's ultimate walk of shame. That's such but iconic behavior. It was like, <laughs> let's just get rid of the phrase. Like, let's normalize no, no walk of shame. There's no walk of shame. I was just doing. Was, I was just running was errands. <laughs> I was just running, you know, girly errands. No, but seriously, <laughs> you know, we're girls. We're gonna get UTIs. We're girls. We're gonna have hickeys. We're girls. We're going to well, need UTI. Uh, uh, I was a frequent flyer of the UTI. Oh, don't get me started. For a varietal of reasons. I'm just glad you guys are having fun. You know, I think it's so much fun. I think Hickey's in 2024. Okay. You know, you're right. I should reclaim it. And so also, that's what... Each next? I think we should be giving and receiving Hickey's. <laughs> okay. okay. And I'm adding that to my list. There is a big Goals. part. And I've, I think I have benefited from the... You know, as a society gives us all these reasons why we should d- judge each other of why you should be doing X, Y, or Z at a certain stage of your life, or you shouldn't be doing this anymore. or You should be doing that and blah, 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 blah. 
And I can say for one, like I just got a lot happier with my life when I stopped giving a fuck about any of that and just like started making choices for myself. That's not to say that's not to say like I could be like, you know, I still hold my held myself accountable and like what do I need to do to meet my goals and meet mm -hmm. my dreams? But like they were based off what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I think it seems like women have to deal with even more judgments and more stereotypes, especially the ones who, you know, weren't didn't find the love of their lives in their 20s and they're out there and still dealing with the bullshit of their dating life and like our dear caller who mm -hmm. has who be willing to put up with so much bullshit in a relationship for the fear of unknown or the fear of you know what society is going to think of them or judge them and you two ladies are an example of why that shouldn't be the case i think also a foundation of disrespectfully is it's a judgment free zone like we we've always been that way and the thing is we live our lives however we want to live it i think that there are people out there that do judge us kind of like what we were speaking about earlier but like if you want to have kids and be married and only have sex with the lights off in missionary position i don't judge you i think that's amazing like do whatever feels good so we'll do that as well honestly love. literally whatever whatever <laughs> anyone wants to do like i just it's so funny to me when people make it such their business to be worried about what other people are doing if you're not hurting anyone and you're just in the streets getting hickeys and having a great yeah day, wear so. your slutty behavior like a badge of honor Okay. Well, that's a great place to end it. Anyways, uh, <laughs> disrespectfully coming to your podcast every Wednesday. Yay! Uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, you will also be able to stream it, watch it on YouTube, just like the Vile Files. Uh, so, Katie, Word. Dana, congratulations. To you Thank both. you. We're Thank so excited. You. How so, do you say my last name? Kathan. Woo! He's got it. See, only took one episode. Only took one episode. <laughs> I always get like psyched out. Like he every time, too much about it. I do. Like mm. you're, I get like psyched out with last names. I think it's because I'm so self conscious about mine, and people fuck mine up. I get in my head. I so call people notice, the wrong name all the time. If you notice, anytime Nick is like introducing someone on the show, he's like, Katie Maloney. Because yeah. he's like thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm like, oh fuck, what do I? Mean? <laughs> so he always drags out the first name like, really long. Am I on the prices really? <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, but I couldn't be more excited to be working with you two ladies. I, I can't Likewise. wait for we're all so of our success that we're going to have Hell as a team yeah. and uh, you two being the flagship of uh, this network. So um, it's I'm, uh, I'm excited to have you guys on my team. We're so excited. We're so excited. Yeah. Well, can't everyone, wait. be sure to tune in next Wednesday. You guys have a lot to listen to next week. You're, I, again, can't, I can't say exactly what. You'll know tomorrow, hopefully. Mm. But it's a big week here uh, at the Vile Files for these ladies and for us. And you guys are in for a world of entertainment. A world. Yeah, they are. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> I don't love that saying. Hold on to it's your... It's from a movie. It's from Jurassic Park. Thank yeah. you. Hold Hang on, on to your, your butts. Uh, anything else before we have to go? Uh, don't forget to send your questions at asknickatthevilefiles.com for all things Ask Nick, texting office hours, you know the drill. Well, maybe it's probably a good time to mention Vile Files Plus because we are recapping old episodes of Vanderpump for all you Vanderpump fans out there. I know you're listening because of these two ladies. Um, so if you are dying to go back to we'll recap with us old episodes, we are in the midst. We just started season three. We're like an episode two or three. Mm -hmm. I forget where we are. We had a Christmas break as well. Uh, so we have recapped one and two, so be sure to check that out with us. All our update specials uh, are available as well uh, behind Vile Files Plus. It's free to sign up. Just go to vilefiles.com. Any final thoughts, ladies? No. Uh, no, no. I just so excited. 
Yeah. Cannot wait. This is the perfect place for us. And can't wait to bring everyone along. More, yeah. Their shenanigans. <laughs> we were a part of one of Katie's shenanigans in Vegas the first time we met her. And she set the tone. Yeah. It was iconic. So <laughs> I hope she shares it. Sign, yeah. Sign this <laughs> oh. one up. Yeah. That? That'll fit in somewhere. Mm, as it should. Shoo. That's what she Shoo. said. Okay. That was my first meeting Katie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great impression. Uh, well, you're here. Clearly, <laughs> you did. True. Yeah. I'm like, this is the person I want to work with. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>